What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 61. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Mori Artie. I don't know why you said it so emphatically, but I appreciate it. I needed appreciate to. It's that. not green Thank beans. You. It's green beans. Yeah, I don't Pretty know. Pretty clear. I was a trick. I want to mat your hair down here. You got this one. There you go. This one part I'm, I'm beyond even side. caring at this point. Yeah? The, uh, why is that? Uh, well, I'm going to get my hair cut, you know, the, this weekend. Yeah, because I'm going to go Thanksgiving. home. Tea giving yeah, exactly. is so I got to, you know, my hair grows wildly. And so I have to, you know, really time that out. I've had this plan in place six, seven weeks now. Right. So let it go till Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. Get it dolled up. Right. Exactly. You're not going, you're not shaving it, shaving, right? You're just trimming it up. What are we doing here? The, the way I did it last time. So okay. not two times ago okay. when I looked like a neo-Nazi. Yeah, no, we don't like that one. The uh, second time. Well, because I just kind of went in, you know, balls out flying by the seat of my pants and do uh, whatever you want kind of thing. yeah and you know i used to get my hair cut like that i'm fine with that but sure but uh, i needed a little a little longer so yeah well this, uh, is, this is your best look period end of statement this one right now yeah not and i don't mean like right now in terms of how it's grown out right now but i mean when you have the body and you have the hair because i've i've seen it before where you let the hair get long and you have no beard and I've seen it where you shave the head, no beard. I've seen the beard with a you know a lot of hair. And I, I, this is the we best get it. one. You've seen every permutation. We understand. Exactly. This is my favorite. Thank you. You're welcome. It's going to have to get sh- shaved down. Yeah. Do you ever look back at your old photos and look how young you look? I think I'm 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 aging like very well, to be honest. Yeah, You're aging like incredibly I, well. But I'm saying when I like I was looking at an old conversation with Colin for something, and man, oh, I look. We terrible. both look babies. I just look terrible. Yeah. The uh, it wasn't until the beard. You know, let's be honest. I've always been great looking. You know. Well above average. Well above average. Okay, sure. And <laughs> can you keep a straight face saying this? And uh, no, but I, it wasn't until I grew my beard when I was like 28 or so that I was like, yeah, that's right. This is this is it. This is where it was meant to be. That's what's because I can't imagine ever never get like. I, How long I'm has it been not, consistent shave now? Or I'm sorry, consistent beard now? I think like September or October of 2014 is when I grew my beard. Huh, really? Wow. Wow, because okay. it was when I like when we had decided to quit IGN and I was Comic Con. I had a beard at that point. We went to Kentucky for my birthday for a, uh, the boy ride. Yeah, the boy ride. We, um, that was a, not a great name, but yeah, yeah. yeah. The, well, you named it that, nonetheless. I know Bourbon Boy Ride. Not, not not one of my best best picks, but yeah, Bourbon Boy Ride. We did uh, take a boy ride together, and uh, I had it then. Yeah, so that was two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's Believe great. We were in Kentucky two years ago. Yeah. yeah. I just shared on Facebook a little memory of follow the leader shoot two years ago. Oh, it's crazy. That's nice. You're sharing, sharing some memories. Yeah. Yeah. You know how to share some memories. Got it. You got it. You got it. If you don't have memories, you know what you are. You're just a brick. And you know what happens to brick, man? They get put in the wall and then the wall gets bigger well, and bigger. The and wall just the, got 10 feet higher. That's what according. happens with the bricks. Yeah. Yeah. The bricks that Donald Trump's going to make a wall out of. He's not. Gonna, it won't be a brick wall. No, I don't. I wonder if it will be a wall at all. I doubt. I, I very much doubt it. Colin, have you been playing that Watch Dogs two? Nope. Sure. Colin, play that Watch Dogs two. God damn, am I having fun in Watch Dogs two right now, ladies and gentlemen? I, and I'm obsessed, Colin, with the little things. What's going on? I haven't done a real mission in Watch Dogs two in days because I get in there, I wander around. I'm sorry, is this annoying you? I wander around the city. I go, I go, I scout. I use my drones. I use my little rover. I'm getting all the secrets, all the little pink jobs that are hidden around. And then when I, I you know what happens? I go buy a store and I'm like, why not? And I pop in there because I've been stealing everybody's money, having a great time. I, I pop in there. I buy a new outfit. I look damn good. Mm. Wander back out into the city. Go have mm-hmm. some fun. What have you been playing if you're not playing that Watch Dogs 2? Uh, Call of Duty. Still. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, this past week from when we recorded... We recorded the show bef- the day before the election. I took the election day off and watched that. And then everything kind of fell apart. So um i've been far up politics ass the last 
in the like week or so. So I played Call of Duty probably for I don't know seven eight hours uh, since then, and that, that's all I've really played because okay. I've been f- focusing on politics. I've also been focusing on watching uh, sports and uh, Black Mirror. I started, which I'm mm-hmm. really into the TV show. So, um, but Call of Duty, um, I think is fantastic. I think it's one of my favorite games of the year, and um, I think I only have two missions to go or something like that. I think I've done all the side missions. I I, uh, I I'm flummoxed by people that are flummoxed when I say um, that. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is better than Titanfall 2. As and a fan of Titanfall and somebody who enjoyed Titanfall 2, I have no idea how someone can sit there and say that Call of Duty or that uh, Titanfall is better than I, on, I mean, on a single I, player front. It's better than Call of Duty. Oh, it's not even close. Like that's that's why I, I, I can't understand that either. From from and I know it's going to be unpopular because everyone loves to hate on Call of Duty. That's fine. I really don't care. Um, but in every single way, it's better. It's better looking. If that's what's important to you, better characters sounds better. Characters better are way more interesting. The antagonists are way more interesting. So both protagonist and antagonist are more interesting. The gameplay is better. The story is better. You're a big the fan of settings this better. Open, the open mission stuff too. Right? Yeah, the structure is better. Yeah. It doesn't really even feel like a Call of Duty game. I'm really actually quite shocked at how great it is. Now I, I think Call of Duty is always great, but this uh, because we have this is an unusual year, especially the fall with shooters, uh, where we have immediate comparisons are all around it and i think titanfall 2 out of the three games is the weakest um by a pretty significant chunk now again i'm talking only in terms of single player campaign if you are playing for multiplayer i've heard bad things and good things about all three of those games online and i've only really spent an ex- uh, any so- sort of a uh, significant amount of time with battlefield online but I-, I don't i don't presume to know enough about the online ecosystems of these games to speak to them that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying in terms of structure in terms of feel in terms of stickiness uh, Infinite Warfare is, um, frankly, I think superior to both of EA's games, and um, I just really enjoy playing it. Now, it has a similar problem to Titanfall with me, which is that in Titanfall, I didn't want to be in the Titan at all. Yeah. Um, in this game, I don't really want to Not be in the, jackal f- in, in the Jackal, yeah. although which I would rather be in the Jackal than, than be in the Titan, titan. Mm. S- specifically because I can wrap my head more around, as, as specifically the way I play it. The jackal's easy, and you just have to get through those sections. It's, they're, sure. they're not complicated at all. They haven't made like a a, a, a space flight sim that's of any depth. Um, so, but I, I I said before that I felt like Titanfall two and not having experience with the original Titanfall. And, uh, I like double jumping. I like uh, fluid and quick arcadey style movement in shooters. That and the games are going in that direction now, and I, and I respect that. Um, I think there's a place for the weighted kind of more uh, uh, grounded games as well, but. I, I said in my mind, Titanfall 2 went a little too far with the with the parkour. It, I didn't feel like I had full control over my character. I felt like there was too much that mm-hmm. I could do. And I understand that that's a weird complaint. But for me, I like, the, I like to have a specific skill set, a specific way to play the game. And uh, I feel like even though Call of Duty has certain you know double jumps and, and, and zero-G combat and all that kind of stuff, I just feel like it's way more metered and way better executed. I just think this game is far, far superior. If I had to, if I had to recommend one or the other, I'd recommend Call of Duty. Absolutely. If you are looking for... A, a good campaign and like we said it's got a mission structure that begs you to do things in different orders and i think that that's really cool like it's 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 all it doesn't really matter but you're unlocking things and finding people of interest and killing them and doing all these kinds of things and it just makes you feel like you're getting something done as opposed to just going through the motions step by step here's the next part yeah yeah i think it's really really great i think yeah, that I've, I've only played a little bit far less than you have than you have but that was my takeaway too because i come off of playing titanfall 2 and being disappointed in it, and having so many people say that this is an amazing campaign playing through it and being like i don't I, the mechanics are fun but i don't understand why this is supposed to be head and shoulders above the competition and so then to get infinite warfare and pop that in and immediately be like i like these characters more 
I like this world more. I'm more invested in this from the get go. You know. Oh my I mean? god, the storytelling just shits on Titanfall. I mean, I was and and we didn't you know. Taylor and those guys from Naughty Dog. I mean, we're not surprised about the the, the caliber of the game. What I really think is cool is that it, it, it it's like Mass Effect in that it portrays this galaxy or this solar system. Really, that it's not a galaxy like Mass Effect. All Mass Effect didn't necessarily start out that way either. I mean, it's about the beginnings of finding a galactic community, but it's about a, a futuristic human society that is space born, and I think that that's really cool. So they you know they're not getting they they travel faster than light in some respect. I don't really understand that how they use that technology, and that's you know in the in the lore I'm sure. But it's cool to explore these different planets. I get a huge Mass Effect vibe just out of the, uh, the the solar system screen, reading about the planets, going to different things, and doing things in different in different ways, and then and then kind of reaping the benefits of that. Um, and I really think it's just a pretty special game. I I I uh, didn't have expectations one way or the other for Call of Duty. I almost if for someone who plays it every year, I almost never have expectations for it one way or the other. I just assume it's going to be Call of Duty, and we'll yeah. judge it based on that. I know some people think it's weird that I like certain ones and more than others, and that's fine. Um, Titanfall Two to me. There's a massive distance, a massive gap or a gulf between me and the way a lot of people feel about that game. And that says something to but me. We're, consider- we're, we're, we're the minority for sure, you and I, but there's plenty of people in our camp because we do. I do get response all the time on Twitter from people who are like, oh, yeah, I, I felt the same way about Titanfall 2. I don't understand it. Now, granted, the overwhelming majority is always in the YouTube comments or on Twitter being like, you guys are crazy. Like, it was amazing and it was awesome for X, Y, and Z. Well, well the reason I bring that up, Greg, is because the the golf exists even though i think actually titanfall 2 is is arguably actually a great game it's just that it's people are talking about it like the be all end all i think out of the four shooters i play this triple a shooters it's by far the weakest of this year we can include doom in that group um which i don't think it touches at all Mm -hmm. um but it's not quite the golf that exists with me in assassin's creed 2 for instance i think assassin's creed 2 is authentically not even good yeah um and so there's a golf there with me and a lot of people too so these things happen but i i do want to reiterate that titanfall 2 isn't bad no it's no it's, less it, than good yeah that's the whole thing it's just i that, enjoyed the campaign i enjoyed playing it i enjoyed the multiplayer i'm just uh, the, I, well there's a whole topic of me talking about or why on the games cast but it is that thing of like i just don't get how people can think it's so amazing i think it's i mean the more i play infinite warfare the more i realize how empty and lifeless yep titanfall 2's campaign was it's just i just don't i think you really you you, you don't have to but to get the full context you're actually obviously gonna have to play both of them um, and I, I'd be surprised if you didn't come to that conclusion in some sense, but if you don't, that's fine. I mean, we're all going to, we're like all going to disagree, like. but, um, yeah, I, I think this is just a stiff year as a year of stiff competition, I should say for shooters. And in any other year, Titanfall two probably would have stood out more, but not this year. Yeah. There's no way in hell battlefield one's way better than Titanfall two call of duty. Infinite warfare is way better than Titanfall two and doom is way better than Titanfall two. So, um, that speaks now, when we're still saying good or great for Titanfall, then that speaks highly of those other games. And I think that you definitely have three games in the top, ten, three of those games in the top 10 easily for the year for me. Okay. Um, so um, that's that's basically what I've been spending my time with. And sure. then once that's over, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't give a fuck about Watch Dogs. Uh, I, I've, try, I've tried Final to care. Fantasy. Final Fantasy is going to be there, but I'm saying I have a little bit of time now. Sure. So I'm going away next week. I'll probably chip away at some Vita games. And then when I get back, um, God, Robinson's out there. I haven't played that on PSVR yet. I still haven't even tried Eve Valkyrie or Battlezone on That's PSVR. That's crazy. As big as you um, were for Eve. Yeah, because it's just like there's no time. Sure. You know? and, 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 and because I, I split time between two places because I'm at errands all the time, PSVR is just not convenient to bring around with 100%. me. So it's because not because of the headset, actually, but because of all the shit that you have to bring with you. So yeah. it's just kind of sitting there in my bedroom and it's just not it's not it's not plausible to play right now. So um, I'm excited about getting through this because I'd like to get back to Tomb Raider, which I thought mm. was really a lot of fun. Um, and then I want to see what, I, you know, Dishonored 2 is supposed to be pretty good. I don't think I'll play it, but yeah. maybe I will. I'm excited to have some some time, though, 
to make those choices. Take and a then, breath, and yeah. then when we get to the fall, or I'm sorry, the winter break, um, you know, I'm gonna start really cruising through some shit and just, you know, kind of figuring out what I've missed and and all this. So I'm excited that we're almost to the end of the year and that I'm that, excited for time off. Yeah, the, even next week with Thanksgiving, the end of the week, taking two days where I can sit there and play Watchdogs on stop and try to get everything. Uh Talking about Watchdog is always interesting because I know you're not interested in it necessarily. And so it's always hard, I think, when only one of us has played the game, not to turn into a lecture. I don't, but I don't care. Timbo8811 writes in with an interesting thing that goes beyond just Watchdogs, but I'm going to use my Watchdogs example here. Uh, he wrote in, of course, to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can to get your question on the air and says, Hi, Greg. Hi, Colin. He says to pause for the response, though. I'm pausing for your response. It's been a really long episode. Potentially sarcastic, he says to you. <laughs> I had a question about the conflict that arises between tone and gameplay more and more often nowadays. I was reading the IGN review of Watch Dogs 2, and one thing they bring up is how the player, playing a hacktivist, pushing for social reforms, undoes or potentially undermines his own goal by the option of letting players be a mass murderer. We also ran into this problem with Mafia 3 and how any comment on race relations in the U.S. was also undermined by the fact that the hero, an African-American male, lies, steals, and kills his way to the head of a criminal organization. He winds up embodying the stereotype of black males that caused all the trouble recently with law enforcement and black Americans. Another IP where this crops up is Uncharted. Our squash-buckling, charming hero is a mass murderer who, unless he's a sociopath, should really be bedridden with PTSD for all the lives he's taken. Though I get it. The bad guy started it. Drake still has shot hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the face. My question is this. Can games be fun without us killing stuff? As it, as games explore more and more to do with social issues and become more realistic in topics they try to cover, does... Does it create a more does it create more and more dissonance between gameplay and message? Where no matter what the message or problem is, the answer is a gunshot to the face. He continues on, but he wants to know our thoughts on it. Where I find this interesting is that I haven't read the entire IGN review, just browsed through to see where they were coming down and what was happening. For me, shooting in watchdogs, firing my gun is so foreign weird. Like there was a point yesterday when I was playing where I was going after one of the research points or maybe it was a paint job, whatever. And there was a guy, armed guards outside and there was nothing there for me to hack to like lure them away or blow up in their face or do any of these like little tricks to get people down. Because for me in the character that I play in that game, you know what I mean? My version of him is sitting there cross-legged on his laptop and sending in the drone, sending in the rover, tampering with everything to knock people out to then move in and get whatever he needs and get out while everybody's knocked out. And so this is the one situation like, oh, I couldn't do that. So I brought up the weapon wheel, had a shotgun I'd forgotten about, had my pistol, had my taser. And so I took the shotgun and started shooting and it felt so jarring and weird. And it looked so crazy to see this character retro that I like so much that is this happy go lucky dude blowing people away. And what was fascinating is like, as soon as that was done, I was like, well, never going to do that again. That's not how I'm going to play this game. That's not what I'm going to do. That's not who this character is to me. Right. And I think that's the thing for your question is that games can be fun without violence. Of course, I think watchdogs can be a fun game of just at knocking people out, tasering them. I'm sure there's situations in the game where it's going to be way easier to kill, but that's the same thing. always was with like metal gear where you could go through and, you know, just knock everybody out, but it was way harder to do that than actually do that. Um, for me, I think it's, it comes down to the player and how you want to play, and I'm glad there's that option, and I bet there's 
hundreds of thousands of gamers who are going to play Watch Dogs and shoot everything and never think twice about what they're doing. And I don't know if it's reinforcing any stereotypes or anything else. It's how they want to play that game and what Grand Theft Auto means to them, what an open world means to them, what letting loose means to them. And bringing Uncharted up is always that interesting point that we make fun of Drake all the time and the fact that how many people he's killed in those games and how it's all played out. But the fact that in that world, it feels natural, if that makes sense. It's not until you sit, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, I guess, where you sit back and you think about all the shit Drake's been through and you're like, man, this guy would be really fucked up. But in the pulp action adventure they've built, that universe they've built, that comedic sense of, you know, how somebody gets shot once in the chest in a cutscene, that's a huge deal, but you blow all these people away. Like, that is so well done, I think you forget about it. You The strings disappear and you just see it for what it is. Whereas for me, the opposite is true when Watch Dogs, when I go out and shoot people with a shotgun, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel natural. This isn't that world. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, there's a place and a time for killing in games. Um, and I think that that is an overwrote mechanic that we have relied on for a very long time because it just makes sense to us. I think it's um, generally mindless, but I also think that that's the nature of the game. So like when we're talking about Call of Duty or Battlefield or something, I mean, that's what you do. Um, I like that there are games that give you options and that and that things totally resonate with you when you don't kill. Um, so Dishonored 2 is a great example. You beat the whole game without killing anything. Um, and I think that and it makes it way harder and, and you play it for way longer. But that might be the intention of the way the game's meant to be played. And unfortunately for, for Watch Dogs, it gives you leeway. It sounds like to kill, even though that doesn't necessarily make sense for the character or the tone of the game. This is this goes back to the right and wrong ways of playing games and how people say, like, like we talk about Witcher 3 and you're like, well, you're playing it wrong. Mm. I'm like, no, I'm not, because the uh, the game lets me do it. So like the example that I use is like if I sit down and play chess, chess, might, I love chess, right? I sit down and play chess and I move, we move a few pieces and then a guy takes a pawn and moves it uh, horizontally across the board like a rook. And I'm like, well, th- you can't do that. That's literally not allowed. In the yeah. Game, right. Yeah. But if a game allows you to do something, then it has to in some way fit tonally or thematically or in terms of just sheer gameplay that I think is really important. And so. Um, I like the idea of having different options that don't have anything to do with killing because I think for every doom, which is all about killing, and I think that's great. I have no problem with that. I have no, I take no offense at killing things in the video games at all. I like that, but you're right, or he's right in Mafia 3, you know, it's all about the tragedy of violence, but you commit violence the entire game. It's all you do. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. So there's a place and a time for those kinds of games. But I like that more and more we're able to play a game like Virginia or a game like Mm. Overcooked Mm. or a game like these games always existed. But they're sticking out to me more and more because I'm not necessarily tired of the violence. I'm not a crybaby. I'm not one of these people with Battlefield 1 when everyone's like, I love Battlefield 1. And then they did some stupid memes online and suddenly everyone was offended by it. I'm like, you're playing a game where you're fucking killing people. I think that's what you should be most offended by. Use your brains. But at the same time. I do yearn for these games that are just a little different. Sure. Even and I and I especially am, am drawn in even though I don't play many of them. I am drawn in by the idea of a game where you knock people out instead of killing them where you where it challenges you to say like how can you not kill these people? You could easily blow through this game killing everyone, but wouldn't it be more interesting if everyone was alive? And that's the thing about what I, where it works for me with Watch Dogs and the narrative I I'm building with it is the fact that for me, DeadSec, right, their whole deal is that they're still in my game because I'm not advancing the story and I'm not sure if it changes. I doubt it does. They are still the brightly colored, fun, young kids who are just trying to take down corporate America, expose all these things. So clearly my guy wouldn't be killing all these people. That's not what it's going to be. So when I can't, I, it is for me, it is that thing of like, I, I'm sure 
even yesterday, what I thought about when I, before I equipped the shotgun, because that, for that was a brand new approach, before I equipped the shotgun, it was that thing of like, maybe I walk away from this collectible and come back when I have more of my hacking tools up to speed, where I can, you know, send in different, the drone can attack, I, I'm assuming eventually, and all these different little ways to get them and knock people out rather than going guns blazing. But I wanted to see what that felt like. You jump in and you go, and you, I discover that's not what the game's supposed to be. Now, this leads to another question, Colin. Okay. This one comes from Sabi, we'll say. Sebastian is his full name. He signs off with Sabi. He's kind of funny for name. He went to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hey, Greg and Colin, I listen to this podcast every week. And something I hear brought up a lot on this podcast, the Gamescast, and many other gaming podcasts is immersion. I'm not entirely sure what this means. Are people talking about feeling like they are the character they play as or that they feel like the world around them feels real? I always think about Greg's Red Dead Redemption story where he killed the dude with the dead wife because he felt bad for him. Is this an example of immersion? I honestly don't feel like I've ever felt something like this. I'm always aware I'm playing a game. Sure, I get emotionally invested with the story and characters like Joel and Ellie for, or the investigation team in Persona 4. I've even cried in games because the characters go through something that makes me feel sad. Could caring about the characters be considered immersion? Can you guys explain to me what people are referring to when they talk about immersion and Am I not enjoying games to their full potential because I don't feel immersed? Keep up the great work and everything you do for the rest of the kind of funny members. Sebastian, P.S. This episode airs on my birthday, and I'd really love it if you guys could say happy 20th birthday from you. So happy 20th birthday. Happy birthday, Sebastian. I think he's... Immersion for me is never... I forget that I'm Greg Miller with a dog next to me. It's not that I... it, It is that thing of... I always know that I'm playing a game, but it's playing a game and not thinking about the mechanics of the game and what what x will do to a in terms of a gameplay level and like like watchdogs are a great example where i'm having a lot of fun in watchdogs but i'm having fun because it is a ubisoft game where i'm running around collecting shit checking things off the map when i'm playing watchdogs and all of a sudden the frame rate starts to go into shit i'm like oh god like that's all part of being immersed in the experience and sitting there and taking it for what it is. But like think about when you watch a really good movie, I'd assume Sebastian or something like that, where you're just like, so on the edge of your seat locked in. Not that you, you, I guess you forget your own problems, but you don't forget who you are. Yeah. Immersion to me never meant that that I feel like I'm the character. I've talked about this in the past with, with first person perspective and with character creation where I've never once played a video game and been like, I am commander Shepard. I can't even imagine playing a video game like that, but it doesn't mean that you, that you, don't understand that you're making the choices or they have agency and those are, and that's a different kind of thing. Gaming agency in games, I think is actually essential, way more important than immersion. The only time I felt immersed in the way that we talk about immersion and outside of video games is with VR, um, where I forget I'm playing a game and, uh, that's happened. I mean, that happened even with job simulator, which I think is fantastic where I'm just like, I forget that I'm actually just not in the real world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, immersion, when I'm saying something is immersive, it really does mean it's about the world and the environment yeah. and about the story. So, uh, it's about being caught up in the action as if you are a bystander as opposed to, so you're bystander instead of, um, or you're making some, you're like a, a omniscient narrator or something like that, where you are um, making decisions and ch- controlling the way things go, but you're not there. You're not necessarily there. You're watching it through a camera. You're watching it. And I, and I think that that's plenty immersive, small eye immersive that we talk about with games. I think that that's kind of what it means to me. I've, people saying that they, you know, I, I respect the way anyone plays a game, but if someone to me was like, I played this first person game pretending it was me or I played myself in Skyrim or something like that, doesn't make any sense to me. I couldn't even, I can't even imagine what that's supposed to mean. Hmm. I like the idea of playing. That's why I always say with Commander Shepard, like he's not me. Commander Shepard is Commander Shepard. That's why I use the Commander Shepard, you know, bald, shaven yeah, Commander Shepard. Like it's like, that's the character. 
It's not me. I'm not the one on the Normandy. I'm not the one flying through the galaxy. I'm not even you pretending. I'm not these people in the shower. I'm not fucking these aliens. You ain't I'm taking Garrus's weird antennae and putting them up things. No, and then, I, I, I mean maybe I would in real life, but sure. I, but that's not where I'm at in that particular game. So I, I think that's that's what it means to me. But I do agree with him that we we play fast and loose with that particular um, definition. I think the, the definition that means the most, the word that means the most in terms of the way we describe games at an academic level, I think is actually agency. Mm. Um, and that's not always important either. And the idea of agency is is changing things or having choice. Um, and people are like, well, games that are linear don't have agency. And I'm like, games that are linear have plenty of fucking agency. It's a matter of, it's a matter of, shit, a game that has no story can have agency. A game that is only story-based with no choices can have agency. Because it's not only about the literal choices you're making, but about how you play. Um, and, and this ties back to the original question from the first person about Dishonored or about Watch Dogs or something where it's like, that's all about agency. Yeah. You know, um, because the game gives you enough leeway to do whatever you want, enough uh, uh, enough rope to hang yourself with sure. if you wanted to. Although and that's, and, no and that's the, that agency is tied up with the immersion, for, right? Where like it was immersion breaking with the chugging I'm talking about, but it's particularly shooting people with that shotgun yesterday where I was like, whoa, like I haven't seen the game act this way. So now all of a sudden I am very cognizant of it is a game. And I'm like, well, what would happen if I treated this like GTA and just ran around shooting bystanders in the street, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not doing the thing where I'm driving the car to the pier and jumping out of the last second and having it smash out. And I don't know something I talked about when I talked about watchdogs in the games cast was the fact that it's some, it's not the gritty realistic GTA, right? And it, but it's not the, the PS two goofy ass GTA. We're somewhere in the middle there with these bright characters, but in a real city and there's all, it feels like a real city in a way that I'd want, I want to act in a real ish fashion, right? Where I'm not, just fucking around, screwing around, punching people out for no reason. And part of that, of course, is that I feel like my guy is a good guy. Like, so no, I don't beat up bystanders. You know what I mean? I, right now, I'm only stealing money from the people who are getting their, like VIP targets because I need the money for this clothes. And I, that's agency. I have to have baller ass clothes. It's all, it's all about... And it, so I'm I, building my own world, yeah. which is making me immersed, which is then broken when I go outside of the, the norms that I'm creating for the character. In the same way, the IGN review sounds like it's faulting it for this optional thing. Yeah, I don't think... I, I mean, I don't think you can fault... It's Again, it goes back to the Witcher 3 argument. I don't think you can fault people for playing a game the way the game allows them to play it. So the chess analogy works perfectly. Like if you play chess against a person and, and treat your pawns as a rook, someone's going to call you out and say it's not the way the game literally can't be played like this. Yeah. But in Witcher 3, it was up to me to do all the side quests and totally just drive myself nuts. But the game let me do that. The game let me do that yeah. with no consequence. Um, so I, I use my own agency in that respect to ruin the game unintentionally for myself by, by doing that. But the game let me do it. There were no parameters. This is why I think there has to be parameters even on open world games about saying like, you're, you really shouldn't do this anymore. Like I know it creates a, a sort of like screen door over the idea of, of open world and nonlinearity, but at the yeah. same time, like I, I do have a problem with those particular design choices as well. But in, in terms of, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a appealing to me to give people choice in the way they play. And I, I encourage players to understand that even if you're playing a linear corridor based shooter, you still have agency about the way you kill the enemies, about the weapons you use, about the way you go about things. If you stealth kill things, or whatever the end result has to be the same, but so too is the end result of a Mario game, you know, like mm-hmm. just point A to point B. That's pretty much it. So, um, I like that we're getting to a space in games and we've been in a space in games for a very long time where, where there's more to, to it than just killing. And there's also more to it than just, um, gameplay and I know the gameplay is the most important thing 99% of the time it's not always the most important thing but it typically is the most important thing but there are other ways to play Virginia is a great example Virginia doesn't have gameplay um, 
but it's great. Yeah. Gone Home doesn't have gameplay, but it's awesome. Journey has a little more gameplay, but it's not what it's about, you know. But then there are games like Abzu, right, that try to give you gameplay and then meaning, but the gameplay sucks and it actually ruins everything else about it in my mind and how are you defining gameplay because i think i could make a case that there's gameplay and gone home you have to collect these things to understand what's happening to advance the thing to get out of gameplay to me is mechanical so so, so like using a jumping a shooting a, yeah so okay. using sticks to interact with things is the very most rudimentary way you can play a game and that is gameplay just sure. like pointing and clicking is gameplay um but i don't look i look at gameplay as it's purely mechanical um and i i I, th- I do think that that is the definition of it in a more literal sense, the way you play the game is the gameplay. But I don't know that we necessarily use it like that. It's similar to how we apply the term adventure in genres to adventure. We know what adventure games are, but we could use that term way more loosely. Sure. You know, Zelda used to be called an adventure game, but it's not even remotely an adventure game. It's not even an RPG. It's an action game. So action. It's a third per- third person action adventure. <laughs> so here's where it comes. Here's where it comes down to. I think with us in this industry is that we just we and I've said this for years. These words must have definitions, and we must adhere to them. And since we can't decide what some of these words mean to different people, we just kind of spin out spin out into our own definitions of these things. It's the same argument I used to get into with people, where some people claim that that uh, Metroid Prime was an adventure game. I'm like, in what world? In what universe is Metroid Prime an adventure game? Well, you're exploring. It's a fucking shooter. You know. Like it's yeah. a first person shooter. So, but we had an agree- a disagreement. I mean, not you and I, but me and someone else had a, dis- a years long disagreement about this. Where I thought he was fucking with me at some point. I'm like, are you kidding me? But that's because we don't have hard and fast, hard rules. and fast definitions yet. Yet that we all agree. We don't have like an AP style guide. You know? Yeah, yeah. But how could we ever do that? There was talk along. Well, now you couldn't anymore because people like us exist. There's so many fringe people on fringed in quotes like us or whatever people on YouTube that have smaller followings that are really passionate that actually make them matter. But I remember way back in the day when there was talk of IGN in like one up and I think a couple of like trying to get a bunch of the heads together to sit down and try to write like the rules of what they what this was. And then that fell apart. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO. It is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go there, watch the other shows, subscribe to the other YouTube channels, back us, support us, do all that good stuff. It is the number one PlayStation podcast in the world, and it posts every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time, rain or shine, on youtube.com slash games and podcast services around the globe. You might also be interested to know that we are going to PSX. P.S. I love you. XOXO Live is happening at noon, Sunday, December 4th of PSX in Anaheim. We will be there gabbing away for your amusement. It has now been confirmed that David Scott Jaffe is not a coward. He has agreed to come on the panel. The first guest is a lock, Colin. Glad to hear it. Me too. Always like to have Me Mr. Jaffe amongst us. Me too. Colin? Yes. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are seven items on the list. A so small it's a, baker's dozen. Yeah, just a handful of news. A handful week. baker's dozen. Uh, not too crazy. Nothing too nuts. But some interesting things in here, nonetheless, that we'll get through uh, as rapidly as we are able. Number one, for the fourth month in a row, Xbox One outsold PlayStation 4 in the United States, according to the MPD group. That means that in July, August, September, and October, PS4 was beaten by its rival the first time in a four-month or three-month consecutive window. 
In addition, Microsoft confirmed that Xbox One outsold PlayStation 4 in the UK and Australia for the month of October mm-hmm. as well. We should have software sales for the, mo- for the month in the time for next week's show, so we'll wait on that and we'll have that next week. But in the meantime, understand that PS4 is being beaten by Xbox One in the United States and other Western countries. Enough to catch them up, you think? No. No way. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. First of all, I don't care. I don't own stock in Sony. Second of all, uh, I think that it's an anomaly. I wouldn't be surprised if it continued through the year. Really? Yeah. You don't think the pro is enough to bump them? Maybe. I mean, it seems like pro is doing pretty well in some places. I saw some stats in the UK, but again, these are all relative numbers. I don't trust. Nintendo does the same shit where they're like, 3DS sales are up 450%. I'm like, because he sold three of them last week. (laughs) And now he sold 14 of them. You know? So, um, so we'll see. I, I think that the demand pro seems to be doing well, but I think people are thinking that pro is going to like be this set the world on set fire. Of, I mean, I think yeah, it's yeah. insane. Um, so we'll wait and see, but it's it just interesting. It's just worth noting um, that uh, that Xbox is bringing its game the last few months for sure in the market, frankly, that matters most, which is the US. Number two. Sony has revealed the best-selling games on PlayStation Network for the month of October. As always, these are digital sales only. The top 10 best-selling digital games for PS4 were in order. Battlefield 1, The Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim Special Edition, Mafia 3, FIFA 17, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Battlefield Hardline, NBA 2K17, Rocket League, Titanfall 2, and The Last of Us Remastered. That the Rocket top- League. <clears throat> yeah, hanging on. The top 10 best-selling digital games for PS3 were in order. FIFA 17, Watch Dogs, Little Big Planet 3, The Last of Us, Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto 5, Pro Evolution Soccer 2017, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Far Cry 3, and Tomb Raider. The top 10 best-selling digital games for PSVR, this is the first time they've ever done this, were Very nice. in order. Job Simulator, Batman Arkham <laughs> VR, Until Dawn Rush of Blood, PlayStation VR Worlds, Here They Lie, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Eve Valkyrie, Gunjack, Harmonix, Music VR, and Sports Bar VR. The top 10 best-selling digital Vita games were in order. Dragon Quest Builders, God Eater Resurrection, World of Final Fantasy, Darkest Dungeon, Valkyrie Drive, uh, Bikuni, I guess it's called, Downwell, Minecraft, Tales of Hearts R, Sword Art Online, Hollow Fragment. Where is the mouse? I can't see my fucking monitor. Oh, my God. Jesus, God. Do you need a chamois cloth for your eyes or your monitor? My brain. And finally, Hitman Go is number 10. The top 10 best-selling PlayStation classics were in order. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Bully, Red Dead Revolver, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Nemesis, The Warriors, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, Tomb Raider 2, Manhunt, and Tomb Raider 3. PS4 DLC charts were dominated by Destiny, Dark Souls 3, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, and others. How about that job simulator? First off, awesome they put out PlayStation VR games on this list. Thank you very much. But Job Simulator at the top. Wow, I would I totally would have expected Batman. Me too, but Job Simulator is fucking rad. I don't know. That wasn't a knock against Job Simulator. I just thought that Batman would have Batman. I agree. It and everything would go. I concur. Um, but, uh, so it's I, this is these are digital sales only, right? Mm-hmm. What, was there a physical Job Simulator? Because there was a physical Batman, yes. Uh, yeah, I think there was. Uh, so I don't know if there was a physical job simulator. I'd like to see that combined, which we won't ever, which sucks. But I'd love to know if that was how it worked or not. If people really wanted the disc-based Batman version. You know what I mean, Cav Dog? He's shaking his head. No, he doesn't. I don't see it on Amazon. John- oh, wait. <clears throat> no, I don't see it. I don't okay. see it on here. It's possible, I guess. 
So there's that. Uh, I want to sp- extend a special graduation- congratulations to Square Enix and to uh, those who bought PlayStation Vita games put out by Square Enix this past month. They supported us with two particular games, Dragon Quest Heroes, which is at number one, and Final- World of Final Fantasy, which is a late release, which is at number three. Mm-hmm. Continue to put your money where your mouth is with publishers that give you games like this. Um, they could have very easily just put these games on PS4 and disappointed all of us. So uh, let's let uh, Vita fans need to rally around these games. And it seems like they have. I was really quite pleased to see Dragon Quest Heroes at number, number one. Fuck yeah. Or Dragon Quest uh, Builders. Number three. It looks like that long-fabled Marvel game that Telltale Games is working on is Guardians of the Galaxy related. Word comes by way of a document released by the striking voice actor union sag After, which released a list of games with voice acting deals in flux. An organization called O'Farrell Enterprises LLC is listed next to two games. The Walking Dead's third season and Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game. The assumption that this is the assumption that this is Telltale's game simply comes from O'Farrell Enterprises' relation to both games, with one of them a confirmed Telltale game. So a little deductive reasoning. As of the time this podcast was recorded, however, we have no verification from Telltale on the veracity of this claim. Sounds pretty buttoned up to me, but it's yeah, exactly. It's it could not, be it's, some an, an entirely different game. Remember that the sequel of the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out in I think twenty eighteen, right? So um, I know it's next year. Oh, next year. So yeah. so then day, maybe day. I, think, I want to say it's spring next year. So yeah. I don't think that we get out on time for that, but maybe. Um, so maybe we'll see more at the VGA. Yeah, that's the whole rumor, right? Of the Game Awards, they'll do it like they did Batman and put it out there. I think that's a great fit. I'm actually really excited for that one. I think that that would make so much sense, right? And you have this, here's this group, this uh, team, right? That is known for humor and being funny and ha- having weird interactions and weird you know relationships not only with each other but then with what's happening out outside of them right to give that to telltale and have them make a guardians game that can explore the universe and have all these goofy little side things that are happening in there that'd be fascinating it'd yep. be interesting to see if it's at all tied to the movie universe or if it's just on its own comic thing number four this is a bit of a spoiler for watchdog so if you, you guys can tune out for the next minute or so if you don't want to hear it um, but it's interesting news says so is watchdogs 2 teasing the next assassin's creed game it sure seems like it. So here's the deal, according to Kotaku. The game, which takes place in the San Francisco Bay Area, whisks you away to Stanford University at some point. That's down in the valley. While there, you meet Elliot Chen, marked as a marketing director at Ubisoft. Naturally, his phone is hackable. Here, Ubisoft seems to poke fun at itself as Chen and another character correspond about the leaks happening with Unity and Syndicate, two Assassin's Creed games that were actually leaked. The interesting third component is the mention of a game called Osiris. Osiris, a reference to Egypt, could correspond with rumors that an Assassin's Creed game will take place in ancient Egypt. Nonetheless, the player is then tasked with a mission called UB Stolen that has you breaking into <laughs> Ubisoft HQ. And things progress from there. We won't get into what further spoilers done. Um... I thought that that was pretty interesting. The rumors about an Assassin's Creed game in Egypt have been long winding. Yeah. And I wonder if that is going to be the return. Although they seem to be going somewhat sequentially as they get more modern. So I don't know if that's... I know that that's not totally true, but they do seem to be getting more and more modern. We went from the American Revolution, for instance, and the, from pirate time, you know, kind of piracy and yeah, yeah. and um, and all this to, industrial, to revolution. The industrial revolution. Yeah, yeah. And I assume we'll get... You know, I'd like to get to the World Wars. I think that'd be pretty cool. But... Um, so I don't know if they're doing that as a plant tease or whatever. I like that they put it in there, though. I like that they put it in there, too. I would think in the context, though, of leaks, right, that they're probably poking fun at the rumored, often rumored Egypt one. Number five, Vivendi is stepping up its seemingly hostile takeover Ubisoft that now owns about 24% of the company. My God. Additionally, Kotaku is reporting that Ubisoft executives have been accused of insider trading by French regulators, an accusation that Ubisoft has denied. Interestingly, the accusation seems to have nothing to do with the hostile takeover, but instead stocks sold by five Ubisoft executives, including Ubisoft Montreal CEO. That Not they, easy. So the accusation is that they sold stock in the weeks before delays of watchdogs and the crew were announced oh. in 2013. This matter is ongoing, but it's important to note that Ubisoft flatly denies the accusations, and there are no official charges yet pending nonetheless an interesting little wrinkle I, and i got carried away there sorry not eves gilmont 
not mentioned there, obviously. When you started to say the CEO of Square Enix, then you dropped the Montreal oh. as I was freaking out because my boy, Mr. Gilmont, he's Gil- got to be on top Gilmont. of this. He's out there. He's fighting the good fight against Vivendi. He wouldn't be doing this to us. No, 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 no. Number six. If you're going to PSX in Anaheim in early December, you may be curious as to which publishers and developers will be showing up to show off their wares. We'll be there and, Sunday and the shots. 4th at noon. PSI Love You XOXO live with David Scott Jaffe and Tim Geddes and other guests. Here's a full list via the PlayStation blog. So here are the publishers and developers that are going to be there in case you guys are curious. It's a long list. Activision, Adult Swim Games, Alien Trap, Alonzo Martin Company, Arcade Distillery, Bandai Namco, Berserk Studio, BitKid Inc., Blue Mammoth Games, Capcom, CCP Games, City Interactive, Cleaversoft, Curve Digital, Cyan Inc., David O'Reilly, Defiant Development, Desert Owl Games, Devolver Digital, Double Fine, Electronic Arts, Exploding Tuba, LLC, FDG Entertainment, Finji, Gorilla Games, Gung Ho, Happy Badger Studio, High Horse Entertainment, Hollow Ponds, Impulse Gear, Joy City, Co-op, uh, Krillbite, Limited Run Games, Matt Makes Games, which is a great name, Mess Off, Metalhead Software, Midboss, Milkbag Games. Oh, Milkbag Games. Like Mag- a boob. Magrafi, Naughty Dog, Next Gen Pants Inc., Paranoid Productions, Playism, Pocket Watch Games, Polyphony Digital, Retro Dreamer, Reverb Triple XP, Robot Entertainment, Shell Games, SIE Japan Studios, SIE San Diego Studios, Serlin Games, Ska Studios, SNK Corporation, Spaces of Play, Sumo Digital, Super Giant Games, Team 17 Digital Limited, Thunder Lotus Games, Tribute Games Inc., Ubisoft, V Blank Entertainment Inc., Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, We the Force, Wonderstruck Games, Isbird Games, Yummy Yummy Tummy Inc. And finally, my boys working on Cosmic Star Heroin. Where the fuck is it? Oh, yeah. I remember that Z-Boyd game. Z-Boyd Games. Okay. LLC. That's a lot so of that's the, so it seems like a, a pretty robust list of publishers and developers that will be there if you are going to be there as well. Very exciting. And finally, number seven is a wrap up. Action RPG Dark Rose Valkyrie is coming to PlayStation 4 in the spring of 2017. Visual novel Hakyoki Kyoto Winds is coming to Vita in the spring of 2017. Dungeon crawling RPG Mary Skelter Nightmares is coming to Vita in the summer of 2017. Red Faction has been raided by the ESRB, suggesting that it could be forthcoming to PlayStation, a forthcoming PlayStation Classic. I think both Red Faction and Red Faction 2 were uh, already uh, raided by Peggy as well. Peggy 16. Adventure game Mosaic is coming to PS4 in late 2017. And finally... Fighting game Fantasy Strike is coming to PlayStation 4 at an undetermined point in the future, and that is it for the news this week. Colin! Yes. Mosaic certainly sounds like an adventure game. Uh, But if I wanted to know more about that game, I have to wait a long time. If I want to know about what games came to the mom and grop digital shops and sometimes retail stores, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation VR, and sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founders. Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection, comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. It says, make history as the legendary master assassin Ezio Auditore di Firenze. I think that's how you say it. Firenze. In Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection plays Ezio, the most iconic assassin in the franchise, and follows his journey from a young man learning the ways of the assassins in 15th century Renaissance Italy, then into Rome, where he takes leadership of the entire Brotherhood of Assassins. Good games. I think I'm going to pass. Freeze Me comes to PS4 digital. Freeze Me is a 3D platformer in true 90s style, but there's a twist. The main character, R, has one special tool, a camera around her neck. This camera allows her to literally freeze the objects <gasps> she photographs. Wow. Hasbro Family Fun Pack Conquest Edition comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Enjoy your favorite Hasbro games in this brand new all-in-one compilation. Monopoly Plus, Risk, Urban Assault, Minaps. Battleship, and Scrabble all on PS4. The games you know and love are more fun and interactive than ever on console. It'll Do 2 comes to PS4 Digital. 
Idle and Tipsy crash into, onto yet another island filled with loot, puzzles, and mysterious inhabitants. With the help of a magical map, they set out to steal eight pieces of a raft from increasingly improbable locations, including beaches, prairies, an art exhibit, and some dude's basement. Oh, some dude's basement. Okay. Killing Floor 2 comes to PS4 Digital. This is out on the 18th, so this is a Friday release. It says, in Killing Floor 2, players descend into continental Europe, where the outbreak caused by Horizon... Uh, I'm sorry, Harz... Horzine Biotechs. I'm sorry. I'm going to start again. In Killing Floor 2, players descend into continental Europe, where the outbreak caused by Horzine Biotechs failed experiment has quickly spread and gained unstoppable momentum, essentially paralyzing the European Union. Players will descend into red... Into Z-laden hot zones and exterminate them, yeah, like zombies. Very, it's not very well written. It's uh, this is one uh, we did a lot or talked a lot about at uh, GameStop Expo when Tim and I were working there for the, as part of the Square Enix thing, and uh, it looked interesting. It kind of looked like Left 4 Dead, and I know it's super popular on Steam. It'll be interesting to see how it plays on console and if it is that and if that's gonna yeah. take off. Sounds I neat. Hope so. Mechazoo comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Mechazoo is a 2D platformer with vibrant, fully 3D worlds that can be explored and conquered with a kinetically diverse cast of animals and a single-player campaign or co-op multiplayer. Inspired by classic platformers, MechaZoo leverages those core elements to create a new, creative, unique, and fun gameplay experience. Overcooked Gourmet Edition comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. The Overcooked Gourmet Edition stirs together the smash hit co-op cooking game and the Lost Morsel content pack into one delicious package that will test your culinary skills to the limit. Overcooked is a chaotic couch co-op cooking game for one to four players. Working as a team, you and your fellow chefs must prepare, cook, and serve up a variety of tasty orders before the baying customers storm out in a huff. Awesome game. Congratulations that it's coming to retail. If you haven't bought it yet, buy it. The don't don't expect much out of that DLC though. No, we the were DLC down was a little underwhelming. No trophies. What the fuck? Silence comes to PlayStation 4 digital. During an air raid, 16-year-old Noah and his little sister Rini or yeah, Rini, R-E-N-I-E, seek shelter in a bunker. There, they are not only protected from a deadly bombardment, but also stumble upon the crossroads between life and death. When Noah loses his sister to silence, he's forced to venture into an idyllic yet threatening world to find her. Silence, however, bears its own scars of war and suffering. Space Rift Episode 1 comes to PlayStation VR Digital. After a devastating meteor shower, Earth has turned into a desert wasteland. Humanity has been forced to relocate to Mars, where they live under the strict leadership of Megacorps, Waste, and Pandora. You take on the role of Casey Black, who has been slaving away as a pilot for Waste. After being labeled a traitor by a computer error, your only chance to survive is joining the rebels of the Anoxia Station. Okay. Star Wars Battlefront Ultimate Edition comes out on PS4 retail. It's out on the 18th, which is a Friday. The Star Wars Battlefront Ultimate Edition has everything fans need to live out their Star Wars Battle fantasies, including the Star Wars Battlefront Deluxe Edition and Star Wars Battlefront Season Pass. Rebels and Imperials alike will be able to expand the galaxy with four expansion packs, 30 plus maps, 14 heroes, and 14 game modes. Stern Pinball Arcade comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Stern Pinball Arcade is the most realistic and accurate pinball game ever created. Stern Pinball Inc. has created many of the all-time greatest pinball tables. They are the most experienced and the largest producer of real pinball machines in business today. How'd you like that write-up? Interestingly, we got off of the game pretty quick just to talk about the pinball people. Time Machine VR comes to PlayStation VR Digital. As a time-traveling cadet, explore the Jurassic era and the ancient creatures that once ruled the prehistoric oceans. Use advanced tech tools to track, examine, and discover scientifically accurate creatures like monosaur, uh, mosasaurs, livitans, and megalodons. Uncover the mysteries of the ancient past. Find the connection between a prehistoric virus, the melting ice caps, and a present-day epidemic that is exterminating humankind. That sounds rad, and I really hope it is. I doubt it will be, but I really hope it is. Time Traveler VR, is that what it's called? Time, tr- time Machine VR. Time Machine VR. Wanted Corp comes to PS Vita Digital out the 17th, so that's a Thursday. Wanted Corp is a top-down action game in which you play as a two intergalactic bounty hunters with different powers. Use Mad Dog's devastating weaponry arena's psychic powers to catch your prey or eliminate them once and for all. The hunt is on. Over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. <laughs> a listener name of 
<laughs> My dog Nick 96 writes in and says, I just read the description of Wanted Core for the Vita and noticed it has a character named Mad Dog. Fun fact, my username on a lot of sites is Mad Dog Nick 96. I just thought that was neat and wanted to share. I don't care how you say my name. My dog has kind of grown on me, to be honest. <laughs> Watch Dogs 2 comes to PlayStation 4, digital yeah. and retail. Play as Marcus Holloway, a brilliant young hacker living in the birthplace of the tech revolution, the San Francisco Bay Area. Team up with DeadSec, a notorious group of hackers, and expose the hidden dangers of CTOS 2.0, which is being wrongfully used to monitor and manipulate citizens on a massive scale. I like it a lot. And finally, finally, yesterday Origins comes to PlayStation 4 Digital out the 17th of Thursday. It's 1481. Young John is publicly humiliated and dragged through the street. Under suspicion of witchcraft, he is imprisoned by the Spanish Inquisition to be tortured. Later, he undergoes an alchem alchemical transformation, making him immortal. But not everything goes to plan. As a result, after each resurrection, John completely forgets who he is, experiencing an epic adventure through time and across the world. And that's it. Play Watch Dogs. Topic of the show. Tots, 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 Colin Moriarty. This one comes from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ from a man named Carlos. Carlos writes in and says, hello, Greg and Colin. Hello. He then says, and I say hello, of course, and he says, fangasm, after both of you say hello back. Huge fan since SGC. I'm guessing you can't pronounce my username, so just call me Carlos. You got it, Carlos. If Sony were to ever release a PS1 Classic Edition slash mini like the NES one, which 30 games would you want there? No outdated sports games or games with too much licensed content. Disregard memory and cost, but not the chance of third-party licensing the game. Now, here's what we're going to do, Call. Rather than sit here and try to figure out 30 on our own, blank sheet of paper, go through, that would take hours, we'd kill each other, arguing about things. He put in his 30. Mm -hmm. We're going to go through, you tell me if they belong there or not, and why okay. or why not, all right? Number, in no order, I assume. Number one. Oh, he put him in, two, in alphabetical order. What a nice young man this Carlos is. Number one, Ape Escape. Uh, yeah. You have to, right? Yeah. There's a legacy there. It's, it means something to PlayStation. And it is, I think, one of those that's... It's hard. It's weird to say that, but I think people don't understand how important Ape Escape was. In the, you know what I mean? Like that's a game now. You see the damn monkeys everywhere, and I guess they'd be apes more more than likely, right? But Monkey Escape, Monkey Escape doesn't have the, the monkey ball was already there. You know what I mean? So I guess the apes would have to. Anyways, you see them, but I mean, how many people actually played Ape Escape? Ape Escape was before Monkey Ball, wasn't it? Maybe not. Who the hell knows? No, well, it doesn't matter. Who cares yeah, exactly. It, it was no gorilla. I'll tell you that. Number two. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, definitely. Of course. I, how could we not do this? This, yeah. I mean, this one. Would you? I mean, this is the. You always talk about. This is like better than Super Metroid. This is oh, really yeah. becoming what Metroidvania is and what it what it is now. It's one of the great games of all time. I mean, right. that would be a huge mistake not putting that in there. Yeah. Number three, Chrono Cross. How do you feel about this? Because you got you were. I don't know. I mean, I, Chrono, I, I, Chrono Cross is fine, but. I want to see what else because I, I mean there should be a lot of RPGs in here. I'm not sure Chrono Cross should be one of them though. I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a line out here so we can come back. You can tell okay. me what happened there. All right. Number four on Carlos's list: Crash Bandicoot Warped. That's the third one. I th yeah, I'm pretty sure. I feel like they probably should all be on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if we're talking about the games that I mean, I don't I don't think Crash Bandicoot's good at all. But if if we're talking about the games that are important to the console, then see, they, and they that's my thing. I would them. say I would say put one on there. I think I just just put Crash Bandicoot on there because that's the one. I think it's people's least favorite one, though. Sure, but it's the one people remember and freak out for. And if you're gonna if you're gonna have, well, I'm sorry, Kevin. Warped. Put warped on there. Is warped the third one? Were we right about that? And then get get your microphone. Lean in. Get your feet off the table. If you're gonna step up for warped, which I'm glad you are, 
why should it be warp number? Th- why should it be there? Because are do any of them hold up and seem excellent? I think if, if, if this aren't we then into the Mario conundrum of just well, we just put one, two, three on there, put them all on there. Well, I, th- I feel like Mario is really different. One, two, and three, like there, there's they're vastly different games. While um, the first Crash game is tremendously hard, right? Like I've seen, it's not that hard. great. I don't know why people. Right. Love well, it. no. Hold on a second. I Just didn't like, say yeah. that. I didn't say that. Okay. And then two improves on it like, vastly. Sure. And then three just fucking nails it. Now, okay. Tim, I don't know which way he stands on this, but three is the best. Warped? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't like putting a third one on there, though, without one or two. I think they should all go on. Okay. Colin's making that executive decision. Next, Crash Team Racing at five. No. 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 You don't like Crash Team Racing? No. I think it's a good the, car racer. That's fine. I don't think car racers have anything to do with PS1's legacy at all. Sure. So. There's way too many games on PS1 to, to put Crash Team Racing on there. Yeah. We're putting a line through Crash Team Racing. Then. I do think it's a fun game. And if I was putting a little fun machine, like the PlayStation 1 Classic, I don't know. I might put it on there. Number six, Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes, absolutely. Number seven, Final Fantasy 7. Yes. Though, I like 9, Maury says. I think 7, 8, 9 will have to go in there. I mean, this is when this is when you... when you And I don't even think... I don't even like the 8 that much, but these are seminal games. I mean, if we're talking about the seminal PlayStation 1 games, yeah. then... All three of them and tactics have to be on there, just like I think all three crash games have to be on there. Interesting. Number eight, Gex. Enter the Gecko. No. Not a fan of the Gex? No. Okay. No way. Number nine, Gran Turismo 2. Uh, yes. I would say two would probably be the right choice, right? Because three was PS2, right? No, three was PS1. Four was... No, three was PS2. A-spec, A-spec or whatever it was called? Yeah. So two would probably be the right one, yeah. Number 10, Colono door to Phantom Mile or no Phantom Isle. What? Col- I've never heard of this. Game. this. I don't know this game. Number right there, ten. Oh, Klonoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would. I don't game. know that I would necessarily put it on there, but no. What is this game? Why don't, why don't Klonoa know is like game. a cat, cat, like cartoon character. You would you would know it if I saw it. I would yeah. remember. Okay. Number eleven, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Yeah. Number twelve, Legend of Dragoon. No. No, definitely not. I don't know why everyone loves that game so much. Number thirteen, medieval. <sighs> Come on, you got to put. Medieval yeah, I mean, just for that. for the first party stuff. Yeah, I guess exactly. So. Again, legacy, what it means, right? Number fourteen, Mega Man X four. No. 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 Sorry. Number fifteen, the best game on the console, Metal Gear Solid. Yes, of course. Come on now. Number sixteen, Odd World, Abe's Odyssey. Um. Yeah, probably. I think it's another. I think it's another important one, right? Yeah. In terms of what it meant, no, it did everything. Number seventeen, Parappa the Rapper. Yes. Number eighteen, Rayman Two. Uh, I don't know. I didn't play Rayman games when I was a kid. Yeah, me neither. Uh, number nineteen, Resident Evil Two. Uh, yes. I, I, and again, I would put one, two, and three on. Yeah, I think you got to do that as well. Ridge Racer Type Four. I don't care. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty-one, Silent Hill. Yeah, I would put Silent Hill Two on there as well. Okay. Um, okay. but uh, yeah. 22, Spyro 2, Rip 2's Revenge. No, no Spyro games. Actually, the important thing is that you, I guess you have to, because we are talking about Legacy. Yeah, I mean, Tradition. I you got to put Spyro games on there. I mean, because you got to think about it from what they're doing. You see the box, and you see the box, and you're going to go, oh my God, what are all the PlayStation Balloon 1 fight. games? Balloon Fight. God, I haven't played that game in a year. I was like, oh my, I was playing it this weekend. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. uh, number 23, Street Fighter Alpha 3. It's a great game. Uh, yeah, I guess we'd need a fighting game on there. That probably is one of the seminal fighting games on the console. Number 24, Siphon Filter. Yes. You have to. 
It's Gabe garbage, Logan meant so yeah. much. Exactly. He runs like he's got a load in his pants, the stun gun, all that crap. But yeah, to put it on there. It's not good, Kevin. It was good back in the day. Okay. Number 25, Tekken 3. I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Number 26, I think is an obvious one, Tomb Raider. Yeah, you could even make the case for all three Tomb Raider games. I think. Yeah. I think they get better. Number 27, he says, Tomba. 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 Yeah, yeah, people love that game. He said, now this is something I'm unfamiliar. He says Tome B with an I at the end. And then he says, or Tomba, whichever you prefer. But I don't know. Did what it have Tomba a different is. name? And, Maybe. You know, I, don't know the, I have no idea what that is. You weren't a big Tomba fan enough to have the history and the back knowledge of him? No. You don't know Tomba's, Tomba's nope. whole story? No. Nope. Number 28, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I would put. Now, he's talking about games with licensed content. Yeah, he's saying that's uh, okay. I thought he said games that no no outdated sports games or games with too much licensed content. I mean, it's all licensed content. It's it's people, boards, skate deck companies, yeah, but it's component Hawk, companies and music. Yeah. Uh, so remove all of that, and it's still a good game, but it's not nearly as interesting. Sure. That said, I would put both one and two on there. Okay. Number twenty nine. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater gets shit on by some people, but that game is revolutionary. I think I think that game is really that game on, is fucking awesome because people love THPS two. Ah, uh, so I see what you're talking about. That, I see what you're saying the original, the original, the original like franchise, fucking amazing. Oh no no no, it didn't get good till Thug. Okay. Um, number twenty nine, Twisted Metal two. Yeah, I don't like the Twisted Metal games, but yeah, that people. Yeah, but again, yeah, yeah. I, you know what people are going to remember from college, sitting there playing, drinking their beers, being sweet tooth, and then number thirty, Wild Arms. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I would put it on there. I don't know that it wouldn't necessarily need to be on there over some other games, but that's a decent list. What are we missing? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we're li- missing quite a few role playing games. Although, I mean, I would put Parasite Eve on there. I would put um, Tactics Ogre on there. Um, I mean, there's. A, I mean, there's a lot of games on there that are missing. It's just a matter. PS One had a lot of games. It's a matter of like what you prioritize. That was a very confusing time. Because there were 3D platformers, side scrollers. I mean, Colony Wars can be on there, for instance. And if you want a space shooter of some sort, uh, role playing games were a huge part of the identity of the console. That's why I think putting, but I think putting Legend of Dragoon on there over a lot of other role playing games is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think the list as it is is pretty indicative of what's important. Um, there's a few things missing, but I think mostly 80% pretty strong list, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Well, good job, Carlos, and everybody out there. Go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Look at this episode if in case you're on, you're driving your car right now, listening to us. And you leave in the comments your 30 games you run there or just name omissions from Carlos's list. He did fine now. Colin, it's trophy time. Let me uh, open up. The what have you brought to the plate this time? Sir? I think there's only one game I really want to go over, and I think it's because one game. Nothing's popping up that's too interesting lately. One life. Um, but there is, uh, let's see. Well, we can look at Time Machine VR. Yeah, we can. Uh, we can also look at uh, where's where the one? Oh, I, I wanted to look at Watch Dogs. Hell yeah! This this is one of those annoying things where I was playing it and it, it wasn't live, and I hate that. And I'm getting them, and I'm getting them across three different consoles, mm. and I gotta go sync them all individually. Yeah, that's that. a pain. Time Machine VR has 18 bronze, 14 silver, four gold, and a platinum. So you get uh, trophies for completing levels and the story mode. It seems like the story mode might be four or five levels long. There's uh, trophies for one-off things. So. Um, says like investigate the titanic titanites further investigate the ophthalmosaurus further help the baby pylosaurus find its mother true um, story though if you go back in time and you are in dinosaur times don't touch baby dinosaurs because the moms won't like that probably there's and i'm just basing that on what bears think there are collectibles called monoliths and um you have a thing called the dino decks where you can put entries in there's a bunch of trophies associated with that there's also a, dino tr- there's DNA. Also a, a true ending 
that you got to go. Oh, a true for. ending. Wow. Now, Watch Dogs two. More importantly, I would say, uh, thirty four bronze, fourteen silver, one gold, one platinum. Uh, it seems like a lot of story based things. So let's scroll, scroll, scroll. I want to go to the bottom. Yeah, I want to say, and I don't know if it's clear on there, but I want to say I got a silver for completing a mission. So I'm thinking every operations. Set. It says finish operation colon. Yeah, so there's a bunch of silvers main. for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you be stolen is the only one that you get a bronze for it. Uh, trigger the hack of the century is a gold trophy. I assume that's the ending. Yeah. Um, but then there's a bunch of little ones like bronzes. So like get all the e-card upgrades, buy all the apps in the app shop, do a drone race, do a bike race, finish Operation Shadow, successfully invade another hacker, use the call the cops hack on the donut disguised man and hate Ashbury. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Brian, Brian put up a video on PS4 trophies for that. Complete five dead sec events, hack a robot, make three jumps in a row aboard a vehicle, do a 140 meter long jump while driving. What can you tell me Seems about like pretty multiplayer man- trophies? Seems pretty manageable. It doesn't seem like there are any. Mm, I'm pretty sure there's um, at least one for co-op. Let me see. Erase your identity in the past. Boom. Buy some pants. Buy a two-handed weapon. Buy a shirt. Get photobomb. Hi. It's me, Greg. Oh, You're watching and or listening to PSI Love You XOXO right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or a podcast okay. service around the Hold club. my hand. Successfully complete an online co-op operation. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. It seems like it's going to be pretty easy, pretty doable. So that's it for the trophies. Well then, how about a question? Sure. This one comes from a young little boy named Zyger. Zyger1337 writes in and says, Dear Colin and Greg, I'll keep it short. This question is about platinum trophies. Last week, a game released on the PSN store called My Name is Mayo. As of writing, the game is on sale for 99 cents. It's crossed by on both PS4 and PlayStation Vita, and it has two separate trophy lists. The gameplay is tapping a jar of mayo. That is it. You tap the mayo jar as it dresses up in various outfits. You can unlock the platinum in under 20 minutes. How can a game like this, literally a game where all you do is tap a mayo jar for 20 minutes, get a platinum trophy, but games such as Gone Home and so many other actually fun games cannot? Where is the justice in the PlayStation trophy system? How can a game where you literally just touch a jar of mayo even be allowed on the PlayStation ecosystem? Hashtag Colin was right. There is no quality check on the PlayStation store if games like this can get on with a platinum. So I didn't play this mayo game. I did. Um, twice so you can speak to it sure no I, ref- well, I, ref- I refuse to play it. you just nailed exactly what I, it is. I absolutely refuse to play it I think it's complete fucking trash that mm-hmm. something like this exists that the people are selling this game and it's your prerogative to get it and that clearly the only reason you would buy it is for the trophy correct um, I do think that this speaks to a dumbing down of the trophy ecosystem and I think it's kind of sad that like we talk about how more games should have platinums that there shouldn't necessarily be some sort of um, consistency and the difficulty of trophies I, I have no problem with that but this is so out of whack yeah that that's why i'm like i don't want these fucking platinum trophies i don't want these at all like i i, I yeah i could spend an hour and a half and get two platinum trophies that's stupid you know like don't support this bullshit these these dumb games that they put out just to prey on people that, that clearly like trophies because i watch a video i watched you play it i'm like this is fucking stupid yeah this is dumb as shit you know um of course, the temptation laid in me deep down when I heard about it at first. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll pick it up. And then I'm like, well, why? Like, why? First of all, I, 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 I get Platinums legitimately, you know, and I get them from games that I want to play. So I was a little little disheartened to see the price point uh, compared to the, the Platinum trophy existence, compared to how easy it is to get it, compared to the cross-buy nature of it. I'm like, this is bullshit.
bullshit. I mean, you it's know? bullshit, but it's genius. It's what we've said before time and time again, right? Of like, if you put trophies matter, and if you put out a game, like if you put out something with a platinum, you make, and that's your whole goal, and that's the whole thing, it's going to happen. It's going to sell. And it's funny to sit here and do this and talk about it when, you know, like I remember when Linger and Shadows and all the, like the, the PS3 games that were easy to get all the trophies in or just easy grabs, right? At least, even that at least is like a game. That was something. You were doing more than this, which is so phoned in and so clearly that somebody understood what they were doing and that they could jump on it and go now to the Zyger's point of why does this have a platinum and other games don't I think it's because other games don't push like this is what I, I was talking about a couple weeks ago right and the fact that I've heard that really if you just keep no no we want a platinum put a platinum in the game they're gonna put a platinum in the game eventually you just have to ask for it but like I always go back to with Kojima and when it when he put out uh, not Phantom Pain when he put out the first part uh, Ground Zeroes and he was and it didn't have a platinum and when they were asked about it he was like oh there's you know Sony said online games or you know downloadable games don't get it or whatever and it, or that the experience was too small and it was like well, yeah, but there's literally you. You just don't know. You're just not focused. You don't understand how much trophies mean to us. Where this is the opposite. Where the, these the my name is Mayo people totally understood what they're doing and ha- did it unabashedly. I don't. You know, what I mean, I haven't seen any statements from anybody being like, "No, oh, it's a real game. We're really doing something here." They knew what they were doing. They clearly know what they were doing. I think it's yeah. somewhat predatory. Although I, I, I mean, it's a low price point. I mean, you're not going to lose your your you know your shirt over it. I don't suspect unless your shirt costs ninety nine cents, but and you were using your shirt specifically to buy the game. Yeah, if you if it came down to can I buy the Mayo or my shirt, I guess that's how you would lose your shirt but i just don't like seeing shit like that because i do think that this goes back to the you know we've talked to people in the past that understanding you know off the record or just in you know in in passing not even not even talking specifically for information just about how the psn is just overrun and it's becoming bad and this is an example of that where they should have seen this game been like no this game serves no value yeah to anyone no well, we yeah, we need Vita games, we want PS4 games, but no, this is fucking nonsense. Your shitty little ninety-nine cent game with your platinum trophy, get the fuck out of here. You know, like yeah. we don't need that. What are they going to make thirty cents a rip on that game? Like they really need that? They'll sell ten thousand copies of the game and make three thousand dollars off of it. Like really not worth it. You know, send it away with fucking eighty percent of the other games on PSN that don't need to be there. Now, I was a little annoyed when I saw. Now that. it's gonna be interesting to see if you see more people following suit. If the the jig will be up. But I don't feel like most developers are getting into the game to, hey, let's try to make a quick book. I think they're out there trying to make a vision, try to do something. But this could always be a way to get some money in your pocket to get onto your next project. I mean, did this game to you have any merit? Oh, God, no. Like none, right? No, I'm not. No, no, it's totally goofy and dumb and there's nothing to it yet. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I think it's a sad kind of situation just simply because, yeah, we, we might overstate the importance of trophies. I know some people don't like them or a lot of people don't care about them, but... You we do care about them, do. and and uh, it, this speaks not to the trophy thing, but the predatory nature of how people are getting money out of your pocket. A jar of mayonnaise that you tap on to get the trophies. That, that's the game. You tap on a jar of mayonnaise. The fuck is that? You kidding me? Get the trash out of here. You know, I don't agree with you that it's predatory. I think this is being straight up and honest. It's. I mean, if anything, it's the, what you're ta- what you always talk about, like. I don't think anybody's buying this game expecting more than what it is, that they're getting this platinum trophy for it. And I think that's why they built it and how they've marketed it. I'm putting in quotes because there's been no marketing behind it. Nobody, I haven't seen commercials or somebody talking about it. It's clearly, it's clearly here to fill a need or a desire of a player out there. To like, I don't think anybody's being preyed on in terms of they don't know what they're getting into. I understand your, your uh, uh, 
um, not emotions, your temptation, whatever. You're being tempted by this game that maybe that's how they're preying on you. They know that you have this weakness or this love of trophies, but that is every product everywhere, right? Like if somebody's making a product and people are buying it, they want it. And it's not a No Man's Sky thing where they're buying this thing, expecting it to be this great game about mayo. And then in terms it is, I put it into a fucking banana suit and now I tap it. I've always wanted a great game about mayo. So this is yeah. it. This is why you're, God, how did I miss it? This is why you're offended. You love mayo so much, and this game doesn't. Ha- this could be any jar. This could be a jar of mustard. Well, because when I first holy saw the- shit, what if they make? What if they keep going and they make? My name is mustard, and they, my sure. name is ketchup. And I'm sure they will. So you can just give me a bunch of trash, fucking platinum trophies to, to pad your shit with. Meanwhile, some of us out there are getting real platinum trophies. Now, the the thing it goes way beyond that, just in the sense that I just feel like there need, needs to be someone, a gatekeeper at Sony. It's like no, no. Why is that so hard for them to you know for them to be like? What is this? What is this game? Why? Why? Why does this game exist? This isn't even a game. Wow. Ding. Oh, I think I'll wait. Ding. It's like, really? That? Oh, that's great. That's really important. That really makes the ecosystem look great. You know, like, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. Someone needs to go through the PSN with a fucking knife, with a machete, and just cut so much of that shit out. And the system, and the, and the, and the, God, man, you can go through and cut 50% of those games out. I don't think nobody would ever. You, fuck. Tomorrow, 50% of the games could disappear. Nobody would know. It's infuriating, actually, because this is what makes us better than these other ecosystems. From a quality standpoint, that's totally going away. That's the kind of shit you see on fucking Steam. That's the kind of shit you see on, especially on iOS and Android. Yeah. Bad news. Colin, let's check in with the readers and reader mail. Hello, readers. Um, I have two for you, Colin, that are following up on uh, my comment from last week. Last week, I asked you, the audience, hey, What's PlayStation VR been like for you? Are you still using it? How's it going? We don't hear people talking about it right now. Everybody's positive about it. They seemed happy, and then it kind of got quiet. Uh, A bunch of you wrote in. I have two pulled here. First, it's going to be Yo Boy Johnny C, who wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can to get a question on the air. And he says, Hi, Colin and Greg. Long time, first time. Smiley emoticon. Just wanted to bounce off Greg's question last week. Are we still enjoying our PlayStation VR, even though hardly anyone is mentioning it anymore? So for context, I own both an Xbox One and a PS4 and have the Xbox One with me during the week where I live while the PS4 stays at my parents' house where I spend the weekend. I pre-ordered PlayStation VR as soon as I could, got it day one, and was blown away and loved it ever since seeing my and i'm sorry i and ever since i've loved seeing my family and friends reactions as they try it on i'm still having a lot of fun with it but i feel like it stems from the fact that i only got to play it for two days on the weekend so i'm keeping it in limited times since the main issue imo is that there just aren't that many compelling games to play right now i bought arkham vr on day one and effing loved it played through a couple times for the riddler trophies got playstation vr worlds as well in which i'm a huge fan of the shooting ranges in london heist uh and more recently bought windlands first person tar and game basically where you hook on a trees etc apparently makes people sick but i find it really that i really really like it but to be honest that's pretty much it nothing else i got to try on the playstation vr demo disc really convinced me mostly because i honestly think the games available are too expensive don't get me don't get me wrong i agree with colin exploring the spectrum etc but most of these games are simple and repetitive experiences and selling them for $30 job simulator, etc., or $60 Eve Valkyrie battle zone really feels too steep for me. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I still love the P- my PlayStation VR, but the fact that I can only use it two days a week definitely plays a part in that since I can't see it on my shelf gathering dust every day. Then Stephen J. Oslin wrote in says, hi, Colin and Greg. 
This is in response to episode 60's question you had regarding VR use. I got a day one and would like to share my thoughts. I'll keep it concise. He then has seven bullet points, Colin. Number one, it's absolutely incredible. The launch games and experiences have been excellent across the board. I love the technology and the future looks bright. Number two, everyone I've shown it to is blown away. Old, young, male, female, gamers and non-gamers alike all love it and want one of their own. It's been great to have people over. Keep talking and nobody explodes is a favorite among my friends. Number three, I've been fortunate enough to have been gifted a lot of great PlayStation VR games, but I haven't been playing as much as I thought I would because of several reasons. Number four, it scratches a different itch. I either want a traditional game or a VR game. I think of them as very different entities and not just a video game. Number five, timing has been tough. Battlefield unexpectedly has consumed much of my little free time that I have for myself. That free time has also been scarce between work relationships and other activities. Number six, you really have to be in the right mood. I found that sometimes I do have the free time, but I had a long day at work and my focus isn't there and my body isn't cooperating. I have a headache, dinner didn't sit well, etc. And number seven, I sometimes only have 20 to 30 minutes to play. The setup and getting comfortable are too much of an ask to only play for that short amount of time. Overall, despite not being able to play it as much as I would like, my experiences are extremely positive. Tech and games are great. Friends love it. I, can, I will continue to buy games and support it. I'm just not using it every day, and that's okay. Hope these thoughts were helpful. Thank you. See you at PSX. Steven Oslin. They were helpful. Um, he knocks into a bunch of things that have been my hang up with VR since I have it still love it still believe in it still like it a lot but there are those times that I come home and I want to play something and I don't want to get into the world fuck with the thing drag out the cords move a coffee table or even just have the not like I'm fucking running up a mountain or something but like the physical exertion of looking around and trying to do it yeah we don't want you to exert yourself I don't want to exert myself here there are two things Uh, the first thing is that uh, the first reader or the first writer stumbled upon something I think is important uh, which is price point for games people have to understand that VR games are going to be by and large expensive because the the um they're going to sell way fewer of these. And in a lot of ways, they're going to um, have to offset that based on a higher cost. So I think I think Job Simulator would very comfortably be a $10, $15, $20 game, except for the fact that it's only for PSVR. So they're going to they, they're going to have to make that money back somehow. And so I, I think we have to, unfortunately, and I did talk about this, I think, uh, before PSVR came out, that we're going to have to get comfortable with the fact that we're going to have to kind of put our money where our mouth is with this thing for a while. Yeah. Until it becomes viable because the... Um, the spread between what they're spe- my assumption is that they're spending quite a bit of money on this technology, uh, getting these games up and running, and then they're not making as much in the back end. And so, if there's no profit to be had there, then there are going to be fewer games or no games eventually. Now, I'm not saying that that's your fault or that's your problem, but it will become your problem um, if you don't put your money where your mouth is about games that you actually believe in, excuse me, or that you really like. And I think the other thing that's really important, and we so we had Shuhei over for dinner last night. Mm-hmm. He's in San Francisco. We had him over for dinner. We were talking to him. And one of the things I was saying to him was that I love that PSVR is another pillar for me to play games, but it's not the most important thing. And one of the un- unintended consequences of the, of the, of the uh, unit I found was that it adds another thing for me to worry about. So, um, what do you mean? I have my core PS4 games I have to play, right? And then I have my Vita uh, games. So those are the only okay. two things that I had to worry about. Gotcha. Now this is third leg of the stool where it's, it's, it's now I have to worry about PSVR when I'm looking. So I, f- I look at these backlogs and I'm like, all right, I really would like to get through more World of Final Fantasy. I'd like to fuck around more with Dragon Quest uh, uh, builders. I'd like to, I never finish Hitman Go. There's a few other things on, on Vita I want to do. Then I look at PS4 and I'm like, yeah, Dishonored looks pretty good. Maybe I'll play Watch Dogs. And Skyrim's kind of sitting there. Final Fantasy 15's coming out, et cetera, and so on. And then usually that would be the end. And now it's like, oh, plus 
now we have Battlezone and E Valkyrie and and fucking Robinson and all these things and they just keep coming out and I'm like Jesus the unintended consequence the blowback of PSVR in a way was that it's making my it's making my all my already unwieldy backlog even more unwieldy and unmanageably so yeah so uh, that is an unfortunate thing because now you really if you have all three options then you re- and even two of them which most people would have just the PS4 and PSVR option not necessarily the Vita option you I vicious. feel like it makes it makes things more complicated and then you really have to be selective about what you're doing so that's why i know that i'm probably honestly not going to fuck with psvr probably at all until we're off because i know that that's like he was saying like the second person was saying you got to get into that mode you got to hook it up you got to make sure it works it is a pain in the ass i mean when i had Aaron and her cousin over and she and her cousin wanted to play it and we got it all set up it took a while like yeah. it's just like it's they don't understand how to wear it you got yep that was the thing I just did the let's plays uh, here at, kind of funny with my mom they're not up yet they'll be up by the end of the week hopefully of uh, her doing VR for the first time and yeah that was the huge thing of like first off it's hardware that I've used obviously and we did a whole bunch of coverage for it but I don't know it like I know the Vita or the PlayStation 4 or the PS3 right where it was like all right put this on and I think this is how it's gonna go and then I'm watching here and like I'm like, is this what you're seeing? Like, cause like she's over here, but she's reaching for something, but I can't see what she's, it's all that. And then it was like, the table was in the way we moved the table, but they got to readjust the camera and the camera. And it's just like for somebody, I just, you know, it's not pick, put, put, put it on and go. There's always these little hurdles that aren't bad. I mean, this is a different experience, you know, making use of the camera in virtual space and 360 degrees. I get all that, but it is that thing of like tonight I want to go home and I'm tired, right? I want to go home and I want to sit down and I want to talk to Jen for a little bit and play watchdogs. I just want to sit there and play. I don't want to move the coffee table, do this, worry about kicking Porty, doing. You know what I mean? I just want to. Porty's already got a torn ACL. From Portillo, Portillo, no, not from the kick. Why did you kick him? I kicked him yesterday, uh, maybe this morning actually, and he was then scared of me and ran away from me. Really? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's it why he doesn't come near me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I did way worse than you. Kick just him. keep kicking, punch him right in his fucking face. Whoa! Now uh, that explains why Lola looks like that. Yeah, that's not nice. <laughs> no, that's not a nice thing. That's not a nice thing. You're just making fun of Porty. Yeah, but Portillo's almost dead. See, Lola's got life left. We can't make fun of her till she's eight, nine, ten. Huh. She's only three. See, we think like she could take it though, because she's the young one. Portie's the one she blowing out his and, knees. And she also has no idea what's going on. Just none. Well, so their dogs call. Well, uh, I'm sure there's pretty self-aware dogs out there that have a good idea. Even Donald these Trump. police dogs, I don't think, are all there upstairs. They got oh, they know some cute tricks. Right, 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 right. You can teach a dolphin to walk on the sands. You don't need, you know what I mean? Like anything can happen in the animal kingdom that's, if you give them enough time. That's true. That's a good point because Lola didn't seem distressed by the Donald Trump thing. She didn't really had no idea huh. what was going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like Lola. You know, you want to go to Market Street in March? And she was just like, I don't. Well, throw the ball. What are you talking about? Yeah. There's, a, there's a frisbee here, and there's a, some food in the bowl, and whatnot. You know, you guys see a bag of treats there. I'm gonna cry because my mom's not around today, and I'm gonna do all these things. And so it's a, it's a, it's a. So what I'm saying is, you know, you shouldn't kick Portillo, blow out his ACL. Like he's a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I don't even understand how we got on this topic. Who knows anymore? Don't worry. I'm uh, young. So yeah. So I think PSVR. The thing that we ultimately have to come to terms with VR, I think, is for the $400 buy-in, which I think is a good price, we got this very workable first run of PSVR that I think is great. Eventually, it has to get easier. I don't think... I See, the fidelity and the power of it, from a layman's perspective, because I don't understand these things, is fine with me. Like, the screen door effect and stuff. I'm like, it doesn't really... Yeah, it's yeah. not unimmersive to me. I think it's fine. It could be better, and it will be better. The thing that really gets me is that I want to put this thing on, I want to plug a dongle in, and that's it. Can we get to that point in five? You want to get years? rid of all the wires, exactly. There, it's 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 utterly chaotic. Just 
completely nuts. Like when I remember when we got them, I was like, what? This is insane. Like, I know we saw setups and stuff like that, but I'm like, this doesn't, this is kind of fucking crazy. I got to, I got to plug this thing into a USB port. I got to plug this thing into the PS4, the PS4 into this thing. And I got to plug them both into the wall. And I got to, I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I, like this, I, the thing that I fear in, in R and D over the years was that it was probably even fucking worse. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. So I'm like, all right, there's latency issues. You got to have everything connected. You can't do it wirelessly. I get all that kind of stuff. Can we get to a point though? That's effectively simpler because then I think it'll be easier to use because I agree with you. I move my PS4 around so much from our TV in the living room to my TV in the bedroom to Aaron's house, constantly moving it all yeah. the fucking time Yeah, that it would be so much easier for me to wrap my head around using PSVR if I didn't have to worry about steps B, C, and D, but rather just step A yeah. of and that's plug the, and play. And that's the big thing, I think, for us but, in particular, of us being, you know, cry me a river kind of shit, is that we move everything around. And like my VR is the one I, we keep bringing in the office and stuff. So it's never the same setup. Whereas if we were normal people who had a normal basement, man cave, entertainment room, whatever, right? Where it was, we set it up that first time. This is where I'm always going to sit or stand for it. And then you put it off to the side and you brought it in every time. You would have that... Uh, uh, the experience you'd able to duplicate over and over and over again to where you work through the kinks once and you're pretty much done. Whereas for us, we have to move everything around and drag it on. Uh, it, it speaks to, and I understand, I want to say two things. First of all, PSV, I understand we're not there with VR yet in terms of, I get it. I'm just saying, is that a possibility? I'm sure it is. The second thing is, um, I would gladly drop $600 on two more PS4s if I can make them my primary PS4s as well, but they're mm-hmm. essentially useless for me if I can't, if I have to be logged into them at all times. I, I just, I understand why they did that with PS4 because people were taking advantage of PS3. It was sure. out of control, but I think that they went too far with n- nailing these things down because I would I would absolutely buy two more of them and just be like, fine. I don't ever have to move these fucking things ever again. Instead of unplugging them, half the time I unplug it, I'm unplugging it totally fine. It tells me that it's you know defragging my driveway. Sure, like, yeah, this is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. But that's the that's the way it goes, nonetheless. I use I I rarely move the PlayStation anymore, right? Like I unless I'm going going somewhere and I need a PlayStation where I'm not going. But I ha- we have the one at the office and then I have one in the bedroom, one in the living room. And it's not that big of a hurdle, and it, it is to an extent. But I, I think you could get away with like only having the one primary one, that being my master unit out there. It's nice that it automatically downloads and automatically does the saves. But I can't. I just can't rely on you know to the point of the opponents of always online. Yeah, you just can't rely on these other consoles that are not your primary consoles. Like if I have saves stranded on them or something happens to the internet or the PSN goes down again. I'm fucked. Like I'm just, I, I know that I'm going to find myself in this, in this situation one day, I'm going to lose my goddamn mm-hmm. mind. So instead of doing that, I just don't put myself in that situation at all. Sure. I'd rather just move the PS4 around, which is probably not very good for it. And then eventually just buy a new PS4. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, let's do one more VR question here. Colin, it comes from re. I'm going to say R E H S a. But he has because it's all intercapped because it's all the, the R and the H and the A are uppercase. The E and the S are lower. So I don't know what he's trying to say. It's some kind of really? coded message yeah, here. I don't get or it. she maybe. Uh, and it's John. So it's a he. Greetings and salutations, best friends. I just have one simple question. Do you think that Detroit Become Human will support VR like Resident Evil 7 does? VR option from beginning to end. Or is it too late to do so? P.S. I really love you. John, a.k.a. capital R little e capital h little s capital a no i think we already pretty much have 
at least vague confirmation that that's not the case. But um, it just doesn't work for what how the demos you've seen work. It's in third person, first of all. Exactly. That's the thing. So that, I don't think they're going to be. Why would they give you then on top of that a mode when so much of it is conveyed that experience? David Cage loves that cinematic. I'm putting, you know, I'm pushing games. I'm doing all these different things. This is going to be an experience that is is on par with a film. To then rob, he set up his shots. Like I mean, think about like the uh, scene we've seen of the androids talking on the roof with the girl, right? And how beautiful that shot in quotes, like the cinematography of that. To rip all that away and put it, you in control, and the the androids giving you a very like you know touching speech, and you're like, okay, where the where the hell is the other clue? Like, no way, that's not at all the experience they want for no. this game. Maybe they're going to do something VR related down the line. But so I think some time ago on the show, I don't know, it was maybe only a couple weeks ago, I talked about how David Cage noted that they were messing around PSVR, but that yeah. they don't want to do it unless. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it seems like they don't want to do it unless it makes sense. And I don't think Detroit's going to use it because, to your point, I don't think that that's the vision of the. You know, David Cage is a is a very he has very specific ways in which he goes about making his games. Do I think Quantic Dream could make a great PSVR game from scratch? Yes, but I don't think you should pigeonhole uh, their games now into you know and try to fit a square peg into a circular hole. Hmm. Um, which you know I, I just it's PSVR is not a catch-all solution for everything. I think it makes way more sense in first-person games anyway. I would give a shout out though if they made My Name Is Mayo and they made it a VR version all of a sudden because that would be them. I wouldn't leave it. I wouldn't put it behind. That would be that guy doubling down of being like, all right, cool. And then you just you come in, you're you have the move wands, and there's just a jar of mayo there, and you just bring in your hand and go tack tack tack. Cost them way too much money to make, but if you're out there, do it. Final question from kindoffunny.com slash psq comes from Leif Ratty, who says, "Hi, Greg and Colin. Hello." I recently played Rise of the Tomb Raider and I really liked and enjoyed playing it, but I noticed some media journalists, I hate those media journalists, like the game even more than Uncharted 4. That I really don't get. Now I know the comparison between those two games are inevitable and I'm not fanboying here and everyone else is entitled to their own opinion, but I thought I'd share with you guys since you you both played the two, my thoughts about this. I think it's clear that Lara Croft is more recognized Gaming is the more recognized gaming character, and 30 years from now, people will still remember her as a gaming icon more than Nathan Drake. Many of the people who liked Rise of the Tomb Raider more are be, uh, more are saying that because there is more gameplay and RPG elements in it, but can this be enough? And also, many of them didn't play the previous Uncharted games and rushed through Uncharted 4 in one or two sessions. Who are these media journalists you're following, Leif, that didn't play the other Uncharted's, that jumped in Uncharted 4 and ran ahead? That's crazy. To me, this is Wraith again, or Leif. To me, it's clear that Uncharted 4 is the better story, main and supporting character arcs, villains, visuals, enemies, and friends with AI and performance. Although I loved Rise of the Tomb Raider, but I have some issues with it. The plot twist in the middle of the game I saw within minutes, I, the first time I played it, and so on and so forth. Colin, is there an argument that Rise of the Tomb Raider is better than... I haven't played enough of it to know. They're okay. different games, but I'll, say, but I'll say this right off the bat. Because some people take offense to this, and this is just a fucking fact. I don't, I don't know how you can possibly interpret this any other way. There would be no Tomb Raider reimagined without Uncharted. And? Full stop. And there would be no Uncharted without, Tomb without the old Tomb Raider games. Yeah. So they're iterating off each other, but people have argued like, but uh, but the un- the Tomb Raider new game, the new Tomb Raider games do blah, blah, blah. And Uncharted. I'm like, give me a fucking break. There's nothing wrong with it, but those games are a fucking copy and then a manipulation of some sort of Uncharted. Now, if you don't want to believe that, then you're you're frankly tense, you know, but like that doesn't make it wrong because they took it and then they did something to it. And I think that that what they did to it was open it up, make it more about systems, back end, exploration, uh, experience. 
doing all those kinds of things, which makes the game dynamic and bigger and better and gives maybe a future Uncharted something to strive for. Because what I talked about with Uncharted 4 before it came out was like, I hope they don't go down the road of upgradable weapons yep. and all these kinds of things. Make your You make your game. But from a platforming perspective, from a puzzle solving perspective, from a God almighty, I mean, the first half an hour of, of the new Tomb Raider game is an Uncharted game. I don't, I, like, completely. The, the thing on the ice, the glacier going into the caves. I'm like, right. come on, guys. Like, it's obvious what they were looking at, but there's no shame in it. Because when Project Big, which was what Uncharted was called uh, when it was being developed before PS3 even came out, they looked at Tomb Raider, clearly, yeah. and saw something there that they can manipulate and take advantage of as well. So I'm not saying that, like, the great artists, you know, tend to copy and steal from each other. You know, this is something that even Steve Jobs talked about. And, um, well, he was quoting, but it's something that, you know, with Apple, the you know, with Mac OS and with Lisa and all these computers, they were stealing things from Xerox. They stole the fucking GUI from Xerox. They stole... Uh, laser printing from Xerox, but like, and they, the Silicon Valley. Go watch it, everybody. But they made it better. They made it commercial. They made it viable. Yeah. And so sometimes, so I'm, what I'm saying is that there's no necessarily shame in looking around and reacting to what you find. That's what great writers do. That's what great musicians do. That's what great painters do. Um, poets. I mean, you know, no one's no one's a poet without influenced. reading other poetry. Exactly. You get influenced. And that but changes. infuriates me when people. I don't care if people like one or the other. I think if you think too, I think you can make a great point that Tomb Raider is better than Uncharted. I think you could make that point. I think you're wrong, but I think you can make that point. Sure. I've not played enough Tomb Raider to really follow it through to the nth degree, mm. but based on the few hours I played at the beginning, I'm like, no, it, they're just different. And I, I don't think that they get what makes Uncharted so great, which is Nathan Drake. Sure. And the relationships and, and that's, the story. And that's the thing about it where I, for me, I think it really comes down to when I'm talking to you, Leif, what it comes down to is what do you take out of these experiences? This is why gaming is so great, but why it's also very subjective, right? And the fact that there is not a scientific method to critiquing and coming up with what video game is better than what video game. For me, Uncharted 4 is head and shoulders a better game than Rise of the Tomb Raider. And I fucking love Rise of the Tomb Raider. Played it on Xbox One last year. I am playing it in quotes on PlayStation 4 now. In quotes, because when am I going to get back to it? Who the fuck knows? But I love that game. That is a great fucking video game it has all these systems and mechanics that make me want to go in and explore everything and get everything and learn every language and find every cache of coins and do all this crazy shit in the game right but as awesome as that is that doesn't even compare to the emotion emotional impact and resonance and the way i love the characters of uncharted and the story of uncharted and the universe of uncharted when i think of the story from tomb raider right i cannot even tell you what i in, until i started playing rise of the tomb raider again i wouldn't have been able to tell you what i what rise of the tomb raider from a year ago's plot was because i totally didn't care i cared about the systems and the mechanics running around playing it i cannot tell you what the original tomb raider reboot was right where it was like i think there was a ghost they got shipwrecked i think there was a witch at the end i don't i remember fighting it, it didn't really make that much sense that but now all that said those aren't the reasons i'm playing that game right though I, i'm playing that game i am playing the the tomb raider games because the gameplay is awesome and the experiences are really fun and i enjoy now upgrading and getting everything whereas uncharted i'm not i would never say uh, there's nothing you know other than treasures i'm collecting in uncharted that's i'm playing uncharted because of the story because of it playing out and being relationships and being beautiful and being a movie that i get to participate in well let's go let's go a step beyond this though because i said that you would have to be somewhat dense or dishonest with yourself to not understand that Uncharted begets Tomb Raider just as Tomb Raider begets Uncharted. Yeah. 
But going a step beyond that, you want and would hope that great creators are looking around, looking at what they can make next. Now, you, a lot of those ideas come internally. I mean, something like Journey was clearly not inspired by anything, right? It was yeah. inspired by something outside of games. I don't know what the fuck inspired, but it was, no, it was no game that inspired that. So those things happen every once in a while. But my hope is that great creators look at what Naughty Dog does and says, like, how can we do this? Sure. Because this is way fucking better than almost anything else. So how do we strive for those? And so Crystal Dynamics should be and Square Enix should be complimented for saying like, for being so blatantly uncharted. Because why wouldn't you? If you have the capability of doing something like that and you putting have your own spin IP on it. that works so well with it in an IP that has not worn out its welcome, but those traditional Lara games before were all right, they're samesies. I didn't you didn't see people freaking out for them, right? Yeah, exactly. But I want to temper the expectation too that I don't want people that are not capable of making The Last of Us, for instance, to look at and I would say most teams, most developers aren't just simply not capable of making that game. Don't look at that game if you can't do it properly, right? Mm-hmm. But do look at that game if you think you can learn something from it and take something from it and make something new and original. And I think that that's what they did at Crystal Dynamics with with uh, with, with uh, Tomb Raider. If you only played one or the other, you wouldn't even really care or know that the other one existed. But when you play them both, you realize how much they live and breathe off of each other and how I think they will continue to in the end of the future. It looks like Uncharted is going to be abandoned for now, but it looks like you know, Tomb Raider is going to keep going for one or two more games. So I don't think there's any shame in that. As far as these opinions are concerned, people getting upset about other people's opinions, relax. You know, like it's... Why do you care? I just don't... I don't get it. Enjoy what you enjoy. Like, for Be instance... Able to have civil conversations with people that you don't... Okay, you like this better. That's totally fine. That's no big deal. Whatever. Like, They're you're not great. hurting anyone. You know, like, if you think... Battlefield is better than Titanfall. If you think Call of Duty is better than Titanfall or Titanfall is better than Call of Duty, whatever it is, it's really irrelevant. Just as irrelevant as, as what I'm saying, you know, because really it's ultimately about you as an individual and what you like to play and what you like to do. But I wouldn't try to close yourself off or box yourself off from people borrowing other ideas from other people. This does go, however, in contrast to what I say often as well, which is that we are desperate indeed for new ideas as well. The good news is that we're getting those in droves. So a touchstone, a familiar touchstone or a familiar way to play is much needed as well. Mm, mm. Um, maybe not for me so much anymore, but for many. I'm not going to sit here and try to change the, the gaming industry for everyone any more than the people that try to like censor games and 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 do all those things are trying to change it for everyone. No, n- n- I'm not going to do that. I'm simply going to put out there what I think, and you can continue to buy what you want to buy. Exactly, let the market decide. Exactly, but I think that these games are in, intrinsically linked, um, and you'd you'd have to be pretty f- wanting to be pretty foolish to not see that. Sure. obvious obvious thing especially in this i mean i'm happy they especially didn't. in this new one. i hadn't played to you know i mean like i hadn't been excited for a tomb raider game in forever and then when they read when they redid it and went the camilla Ludington way and that's when i was back on board not because i hated the other ones just because okay i've done this i've seen this this isn't when you think when i think of tomb raider you know that have come before it, it feels so dated when we were still getting the braided hair lara adventures and when it was still kind of set in that universe and even when they toyed around with it a bit it was still felt like it was so to get out of it i say i'm all for it kevin you came in at a good time it's time to meet your new best friend this is ps i love this best friend xoxo this is where you beautiful bastards go to kind of funny.com slash forums and submit your PSN name so you can get all sorts of friend requests and good vibes from the community good vibrations. PSN. Good vibrations. Just a little Beach Boys for you. It was, you were like slow though. Really? I think I was perfectly metered actually. Do it again. Good vibrations. This one comes from John. How fast? Wait, wait, wait. John How says, fast Greg, do you want it to be? Good, 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 good vibrations. No, you're too fast. I don't think you're singing the same song. <laughs> 
<laughs> Greg, Colin, how are you fine gents doing? I'm really good, John. Thanks for Hot. reaching out. I'll get to the point. I have finally become a PlayStation 4 owner. Yes, I have finally packed away the PS3, shut down the Wii U, and stepped into 2016. It's been a long road, but I can now finally experience what you all rave about. And, my God, the hype is real. Currently, in Chapter 9 of Uncharted 4, and I am blown away by the system. I cannot wait to experience so much more. Once I'm done with the story, I plan on getting behind the wheel for some Rocket League. I will be honored if the ever-so-loving best friends would join me and add me on PSN. Let's hit some balls together. My username is Selkies24. That's S-E-L-K-I-E-S-2-4. P.S. I fucking love you guys so much. Take care, John. Everybody, send Selkies24 friend request if you would like to play some Rocket League and you'd like to talk to our friend John, who finally put his PS3 and Wii U out to pasture. Good vibrations. This week's Forgotten PlayStation game was submitted by Daniel the Awesome at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. He writes in and says, hello, Colin. Hopefully, Greg won't tell me to get fucked this week. My nomination for Forgotten PlayStation game is Half Minute Hero for the PSP. It was an RPG with a variety of game modes and a retro art style. It was a great little pick up and play game and was one of my most played titles on the PSP. There was a remake on PC and Xbox, so maybe it will come home to Sony in the future. Thanks for the shot at redemption, XOXO. Because, of course, Daniel the Awesome, this is the motherfucker who tried to say Dark Void last week. Oh, Almost fucking drove you to his You were really house. polite to give him another chance. You know what? Well, he, you know how much I love Half Minute Hero. Did you play Half Minute Hero? Were you a fan of Half Minute Hero? Uh, I did mess around with it a little that, bit. Yeah. It was super cute. You ran into each other over and over because mm-hmm. there was a timer counting down and you would die if you, the timer hit zero. And it started obviously at 30 seconds for most of the time. There was a few things that played around with a it. A good game, uh, good pick up and play. For, exactly. For the PSP. And it was fun to jump into and then figure out how to survive and what you needed to do and how to, you know, extend your time. So that's a good pick, Daniel. Be awesome. You are unfucked this week. Congratulations. Unfucked. Colin, would you like to hear PSN's worst name of the week? Sure. This is where one of our beautiful best friends writes in to kindoffunny.com slash forums and gives us a bad PSN name. Usually their own, but I'm lifting that one here for Normie98. Normie, I'm just listening to Good Vibrations. Normie98 writes in and says, Hello, Colin and Greg, or Greg and Colin, if that's what you prefer. I am in the worst name of the week forum for a friend of a friend. This person has pretty much stopped playing games due to a ban on his account, among other reasons. His account name was Jizzy Mac and Cheesy. All one word, Jizzy Mac and Cheesy. He was primarily a Destiny player, but one day, poof, his account is banned for offensive language. Parentheses. Just to note, Jizzy was a nickname and had minimal reference to the excrement of male arousal. End quote. I don't his, believe it. His characters in progress are gone and he has to make a new account but barely plays anymore. I think an account ban is too harsh for a name. And although there are ways to unban the account, all that I know of includes losing all your progress, trophies, and saves. Practically making a new account. Shuhei, please figure out a way to change account names. I wouldn't want my account to be banned and unusable forever. Parentheses. I, prob- I would probably throw my PS4 out the window. End parentheses. Also, why can't we use spaces? My name can look, obno- my name can look obnoxious. SD underscore shake underscore N underscore bake. SD shake and bake. That doesn't look... That doesn't, it's, let me tell you. It, it doesn't occasionally look obnoxious that is an obnoxious yeah, that's obnoxious, that's obnoxious. So there you go normie 98 good vibrations you're getting there you're so that was a little faster than i thought 
Told ya. Don. Hashtag Greg was right. All right, stop it. I don't want to get you a think the Beach Boys are going to get. The, I'm yeah. sure they oh, are. Yeah. They're coming for us right now, ladies and gentlemen. This has been P.S. I love you, XOXO, episode 61. Thank you for joining us. Remember, P.S. I love you, XOXO is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. So please subscribe to all the channels connected to kind of funny.com. Watch the podcast. Be a friend to each other. Be good. We'll see you at PSX Sunday, December 4th, noon. Peace. I love you. XOXO live with the non-cowardly David Jaffe, who's a nice man. Every episode of PS. I love you. XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe. Hey, this is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. The M is for music. You submit your YouTube version of the song and your MP3 version of the song. That way I can annotate to your YouTube video at the end of our YouTube video and put your MP3 at the end of our MP3. This, Isn't that nice? Huh? Isn't that nice? It is nice. You know what I mean? You do a real good service. We pay there. it forward. Now here's a young boy who's writing and who Good dreams of being a rapper one day. His name is Mega Rain. Oh. Mega Rain writes in and says, Hey y'all, one of my best friends and collaborators, Rhyme Time, put out a banger of a song slash video this week featuring little old me. For all the wrestling maniacs, here's punchlines and clotheslines. Dig it. No one was hurt during the video. Dot dot dot. That didn't totally ask for it because they back at wrestling this video and then they go to a real wrestling ring. Uh, get Rhyme Time's new album, Gnarly, wherever fine music is bought, streamed, or stolen. See you soon, Mega Ran. P.S. I love you, XOXOXO. He had it in XOs there. So, Colin, mm. to play us out with a cameo by Mega Ran is Rhyme Time with punchlines and clotheslines. Hold on, before you go, before you go, one more thing before you go, I won't be here next week. Yeah. You'll be doing the episode with someone else. Right. So I want Not Gio Corsi because he's a coward. So I want to wish everyone out there a happy and healthy Thanksgiving here in the United States. Sure. Hope you enjoy yourself. What if they're from Canada? We don't care about you. Gotcha. But if you're from the United States, thank you, Kevin. But if you're from the United States and you're celebrating, you know, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourself and your families. Be well. And don't go out on Black Friday. Don't, 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 uh, don't participate. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. Now you can go back to whatever it is you were doing. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you. Silly rap.
rapper jack and swagger Ring your bell like I was sad And close the lid, shut the casket Left them bleeding like mass transit I'm the baddest, read the jacket You'll meet the feet like Tony Atlas Crimson mask is crazy I'm down to play if they pay me So bring on Brock or the Rock I'll beat anybody but Bailey And by the time that it's over All your bones will be broken You'll be sad on your soul For watching DDP Yoga Brother Step into the ring The title's on the line Hit him with a punchline And a clothesline First I'm talking trash Then I'm kicking ass Hell might as well do them at the same time My God he's broken in half My God he's broken My God he's broken in half My God he's broken My God he's broken in half My God he's broken Uh on the whole damn show, <laughs> ask anybody, my crew is bad, go to the pad, it's blue as clad, get Scott Snyder to do the math, I'm pumped up in my Reeboks, strutting down to the ring like I'm a peacock, shot to town with a cheap pop, just split your hair with sheep rock, spit fire, heat rocks, I'll protect the bears, stage shows, upstage folks, like hell in a cell when the cage broke, my dirt sheets filthy, I'm the best there is, and the best there was, and the best there ever will be, and my young bucks are all guilty, feel me? Step into the ring, the title's on the 